Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm Pav. And I'm Neil. And welcome to the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's start the countdown! 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Disney have been making movies for decades with great stories, characters and beautiful animation. But it's the songs that have really stood the test of time. Classic after classic, the songs from Disney animated movies are timeless and dare I say it, iconic. Here's Neil with 10 Disney song facts. Thank you very much, Pav. So, after winning the Oscar for Best Original Song for Let It Go from Frozen, Robert Lopez became the 12th person ever to EGOT which means to have won an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar and Tony. The cold never bothered me anyway. When You Wish Upon a Star from Pinocchio was the first Disney song to win the Academy Award for Best Original Song. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Through his work with Disney, Alan Menken, who has composed the music for The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Pocahontas and Tangled, has won eight Oscars. (laughs) The animation movie Beauty and the Beast was originally not intended to be a musical. Can You Feel the Love Tonight was almost cut from The Lion King because it did not fit the film's father and son theme. What's this? What's this? The melody for Peter Pan's beloved classic The Second Star to the Right was originally written for Alice in Wonderland. I see an elephant fly. (laughs) Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs was the first movie in film history to ever release a motion picture soundtrack. There are more Elvis Presley songs in Lilo and Stitch than in any of his own movies. (laughs) Car Song in the Jungle Book, Trust in Me, the Python song, was originally written by the Sherman Brothers for Mary Poppins. He's a tramp. And the iconic iconic ballad, Part of Your World, was almost cut from The Little Mermaid. That's it. Cruella de Vil. 
Thank you very much, Neil. A Thank you very much for some very interesting facts there. Wonderful. Uh, before we uh, introduce our guest for tonight, I've just got a little message that I received um, from a listener. It just says, Hi, just wanted to say a huge thank you for your podcast. I have long COVID and I've had to rest a lot, which is incredibly boring. Your show makes that much more fun. I've even decided to do top 10 of positive things anytime I'm struggling. Keep going. Carol from Leeds. So, Carol, thank oh. you very much. Oh, that's, that's very, very, sweet, very sweet of you. So that's a positive note. Now, I've got a feeling when we, re- when we introduce our <laughs> guest, there's going to be some negative notes. But, ladies and gentlemen, comedian, writer, host of The Price of football podcast ladies and gentlemen mr kevin day is with us yes hello there hello um um, very good facts there very good and and also a couple of songs that i had to strike out of my my top 10 uh uh i'm really delighted to be here but i have a bone to pick (laughs) with you both i i get asked to do a lot of podcasts yeah uh, and I, I, I tend to say yes, because I think podcasting is the most democratic thing that's happened to broadcasting for a long time. But most of the that I get to ask are, are football podcasts. And I, I can do those in my sleep, to be honest. I love doing them. I love talking about football. And, and I, I love the sound of my own voice. As my I have my wife's words ringing in my ears from five minutes ago, which is, <laughs> it's not your podcast. It's somebody else's podcast. <laughs> Let them have a go. But... When you asked me to do this and we decided to do Disney songs, I thought, wow, this is, this is lovely, lovely, culturally important thing to do, but that'll probably take me half an hour. I'll sit down, knock 10, and, and literally, you've you've lost me five days of work. <laughs> yeah. I'm literally, in the last five days, I've just, I've got, look, I've got, all this is, re, all this is reams of paper. I've been crossing <laughs> down. That's, That's what we love. We love seeing love people it. that are prepared. And then yesterday, my, my wife was working away for a couple of days. She came home yesterday. So we were, we were sitting at opposite ends of our big work table and she, she looked up and said, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm, I'm compiling the list of my top 10 Disney animated songs. And she went, oh, what, what are they? So, I said, well, leaving aside the fact we've been married for nearly 30 years, so perhaps you should have some idea of what my top 10 Disney songs are. <laughs> Although she did get number one, right? She she then went, well, no, you can't have that. No, that's a terrible choice. So we ended up discussing And so she wants me, in case our friends and family listen. To move out. <laughs> she, she wants me to do an actual disclaimer to say that this is my top 10. It's not Family Day's top ten because okay. she did, she distances herself from at least four of these. Dogs. Oh right, uh, mm-hmm. so but we ended up having this series. But I've 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 really enjoyed doing it. It's been great. But it's uh, even five minutes ago, I, I I had Cruella de Villain and and then I took it out and I wish I hadn't. So I've I've got the feeling we'll end up mentioning far more songs than oh without than, than we actually in the top ten. But it's yeah. so so. Thank you for asking me to do it. I think. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, I hope so by the end of it. But we've always said these lists are an ever-evolving list because mm, certain yeah. ones you do, it just depends on the mood you're in at that day. I mean, yeah. And also, on, every yeah. list is correct. There's no wrong list. That's yeah, the that's thing. A, it's it's, a it's nice your, it, you yeah. know. And again, if if your wife likes 60% of, of your list, after 30 years of marriage, that's a pretty good success rate, 60%. I would Do say. Do you know what, Pav? I like the cut of your jib. I mean, you know, so, yeah, that's very yeah. It's good. Well, I'm it. nearly thirty years as well. I know exactly what you <laughs> oh, <mean>. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly right. what. But you I, mean. I was really excited to do it. So I, I, I'm glad. I, I, this is a compliment. You're obviously much younger than me, but I was expecting somebody much, much younger than me who might have been doing this in a kind of postmodern ironic way. 
uh, and I, it's already clear that you're not, which is brilliant. Oh, no. Because because Disney, I, I know there are elephants in the room. I don't mean Dumbo. <laughs> hey. Get out of here, you're welcome. Hey. I mean, but Disney, for me, throughout my life, has been a source of joy since I was a kid, and it, mm. a source of joy for hundreds of millions of people. And when I was a, when I was a kid, I hate summer. I still hate summer. There is a point to that. I hate summer. And I hated it as a kid. The only consolation for me as a kid was um, the, the May Bank holiday and the August Bank holiday. The BBC showed an hour of, of it's called Disney time, and they showed That's an right. hour worth of Disney. And mm-hmm. half of it were disappointing uh, live-action films about a coyote who got separated from a skunk That's who looked right. like a dustbin, <laughs> and they crossed, they crossed Canada to find the skunk. But it was the only way to see Disney films in those mm-hmm. days. You either went to the cinema... Or twice a year, you got a little clip, and I used to, I used to be so excited. And then when my my son was born in 1995, who's also a, a brilliant comedian, Ed Knight, as the videos were coming out, you you got to discover them all over again. Yeah. So it was, and 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 even now we still every now and again, if you if it's a, a lovely rainy day, which I like. Just still bung Mary Poppins on or, or the Jungle Book and just pass an hour and a half away. And it's, uh, Disney's a very important thing, I think, and I'm, and I'm glad that we're taking it seriously. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, absolutely I completely agree. agree. I completely agree. And, and there's there are different eras and different phases of, yeah. of Disney animation, you know? Mm. And But I think each one... I'm exactly the same as you, Kevin. I devoured and and bought as many of the well because they used to be vaulted, didn't they? The 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 yeah. classic Disney animated movies. They come out for a certain amount of time and That's then right. they take them off the shelves. So you'd have to buy them as quickly as you can. We had sort of nearly all of them on, on video, then DVD, then Blu-ray because it's not just your kids; it's then your grandkids love them. You know, and it's it's just a, a gift that keeps on giving. Mm. It, it really is. Okay. So, Kevin, do you want to kick yep. us off with your number 10? Yeah, number 10 I've gone for uh, almost as a, a tribute to my my grandmother, if you like, although it is a classic Disney song, probably the f- arguably the first, and it's from the very first film. It's from Snow White. Uh, I've gone for Hi Ho, and the reason... I know I know people. You, you can read academic essays now about how there's elements of German expressionism in there, there's elements of how Disney foresaw the rise of Nazis and the Forget all that. It's just a brilliant story. But I remember talking to my my nan, my little South London nan, who went to see it. She had very vivid memories of going to see it as a as a young woman with with my dad who was in a baby. So no one had ever seen anything like this. They're going to this cinema in in Carshalton in far South London, huge queues, and she just said it was the most amazing film. And and the songs were brilliant, but also she just they didn't have postmodern irony in those days, which we've all done. It's the mm. second time I mentioned it. So they just gave themselves up to the film. So it, it's like even now I can't help myself. I'll watch it and I'll go. Well, listen, dwarves. If there's a million diamonds shining in that in that mine, why are you living in that shit hole? <laughs> <All right>? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there are all those sort of questions. But she said, my and my little nan, she was a feisty little one, but she mm. said she remembered the scene. Spoiler alert: Where the witch comes to a bad end, and the, the two vultures just lazily get off the branch and go down and investigate. And she said it was just like a, the, the scariest thing she'd ever seen in the cinema. But she said she she whistled "Hi Ho," but she didn't know the words. But she and I just it's just a joyful song. Even even mm. now, 
you hear the first little hint in the distance of the the dwarves approaching and then that's it's just, it's a i think it's a wonderful song it's a wonderful film and i think that's a, it's a brilliant song and it's it lifts my spirits mm. even thinking of it but what a way to debut with a, with a yeah. film as well. Can you imagine I mean, how magical that would have been, whether you're a child <clears throat> or an adult, sitting in the cinema? There hadn't been anything like mm. that before. Well, Pabka, she she talks about... It's, we've lost her now, sadly, unfortunately, but she was this most amazing, feisty little South London woman. But she, And she talks... She loved she loved films. She loved books. She loved ghost stories. But she, she talks about how all this she used to call all this romantic bollocks people talk about, the old days boy... Silent films. She said silent films were a, a nightmare. She said most of us couldn't read, so the captions would go up, and then half the <laughs> cinema would go, "Put the caption up. We haven't read it yet." And then some busybody would read it out, and it, so she said it was horrible. But this, yeah. she said, going to see this film in colour, this cartoon, mm. she said, this cinema patch, you could hear a pin drop. And even even you know she was ninety two when she died, and she was still talking about. It. So what an impact to have! What a mm. cultural impact with your first film. Yeah, to do that—that that a woman in the in, who's nearly ninety-two is still remembering how it was to sit in that cinema and watch that film. Yeah, it's amazing. But just quickly, Kevin, what was your first Disney film you saw at the pictures yourself? Uh, I, I think do you know it's that classic. I do a lot of talking head stuff on TV, and, and it's like I turn most of them down because I don't want to lie. Mm. I don't want to say to them, "Oh, yeah, of course I remember watching Dave Allen when I was nine and making notes because it's it's nonsense." Of course you don't. You, <laughs> uh, and I worry about having sort of false memory things, but I'm I'm fairly certain it was Jungle Book because either Aristocats or Jungle Book. I, mm. I I I think I know I saw both of those at the cinema. Uh, I'm fairly certain. If I had to guess, I'd say it was it was Jungle Book. But it was certainly it's certainly that era. Yeah, One of those two. Yeah, great, great way to kick us off. Go on the yeah. new number ten, please. So it's from Lady and the Tramp, and oh. it is the classic. He's a tramp. Um, yeah. Now, it took me a while to appreciate Lady and the Tramp. For some reason, when I was younger, it was the one that I never really bonded with that much until I grew up, or, well, until I got older, I should say, rather than grew up, because <laughs> I, I refused to do that. But I'm I'm a bit of a fan of Ella Fitzgerald and that, that type of music anyway. It's it's relaxing and peaceful. But when that, that song is a real homage to that, it's a beautiful song in the movie. And the movie itself is a beautiful love story. I mean, it, we've all got the... We've had it in our... The kisses, screen moment kisses from years ago, didn't we, Pav? People saying, always saying, you know, with that. And What do you mean? We, we never did that together, did we? No, no, no. I said we had it in lists from our other... Oh, right. Pav. I thought you meant we would... Yeah. I never, no, I never rolled an, a, a meatball to you on the plate. Ever. No, I don't. We, think. we always just did it with a jumbo sausage. <laughs> we did, we did. I'll ding that one. But uh, it's a movie that I've now. The older I am, and it's, I've grown to really appreciate it a lot more and find the magic in it. And I don't quite understand why I didn't when I was younger. But as I said, the song itself is a standout song from the movie. It's a, it's a big, it's a well-presented song. And again, it was always shown on the clips, wasn't it, this yeah. one? So your Disney time, it was always there. So it's always been ingrained in me, this song, without even knowing the film that it came from properly. I only ever seen it once and not enjoying it as I, much. I think, can, I, can I offer a theory as to why you probably didn't like it as much? Because I'm exactly with you, because I had mm. th- that same song in my original... Long, I think it's because we were too young for romance. Yeah, probably, and it's like yeah. you kind of you don't really get the full mm. beauty of uh, two dogs 
uh, slurping spaghetti towards each other. Yeah, you do. You do when Whereas you're a bit older. Now, now, Kevin, why? Where's this leading? You think? Come on, please. Yeah. You're going to need a bucket of water outside that restaurant any minute now. But it's because you kind of go at that age when you're watching it. So you kind of go, ooh, yuck. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, yeah. I was going to say years ago when they watched a the romantic bit in the movie before my time. My dad always speaks about it. Is when anyone the antagonists on the screen started to kiss, they'd all start stamping their feet as children <laughs> and it would get faster and faster until the kiss had finished. So the same funny. sort of thing, I'd imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a good one, though. It is a very good... Is it Ella Fitzgerald that sings it? I'm not entirely sure, sure, to be honest. I'm really I'd not. To, I'd have to have a look. I'd have to have a look. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a lot in that calibre that could have done it as well, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, Etta yeah, James yeah. and people like yeah, that. Yeah, so, absolutely. What does that mean? Disney... They, they were never afraid of using modern cultural uh, references and music at the mm. time. That's why you can almost, without knowing the dates of the films, if you know anything about music, you can watch most of them and go, okay, that's early 70s or that's yeah. mid-60s, just by the general bit, you know, mood music of the of the film. So yeah. it, it was kind of, it, it, it wasn't always uh, sort of sloppy 30s, 40s type classics. He was always trying to keep up to date. I wonder, I wonder... I, I almost put it in, but I thought it'd be cheating because, like Fantasia, I, I sort of the first time I came across classical music was watching clips of that film mm, on, on yeah. Disney Time because, like, we had a lot of classical music on adverts, but you didn't really know that at the time. But yeah, there's some earnest Blue Peter presenter who was presenting Disney Time would say, "This is this bit is from the Rites of Spring by Stravinsky," and you go, "Oh well, okay, that's 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 brilliant." Mm. And again, Fantasia is the most astonishing, astonishing film. Yeah. But also to present it with a sound a soundtrack of the most amazing, you know, the likes of Tchaikovsky, Tchaikovsky and Stravinsky. You, you can't think somebody in 1940 would have been saying to Disney, "Are you sure about this?" And he went, "Yeah, yeah, yeah this, this is going to work," yeah. and it does, and it still does. Exactly. Mm. And the old spice music will always be old spice music <laughs> I, to me. Yeah. You know, I don't care what kind of what the actual music is. Whenever I hear it, it's old spice music. Yeah, I think mean, it's Carmina Burana, wasn't it? The old spice. It was. If Mr. you say Orf. so, to well, me, it's, it's old Orf. spice. Yes, yeah. yeah, Mr. Orff. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so my number ten is uh, from um, oh, Beauty and the Beast. It's be our guest. So I mean, I've chosen mine as well, just not just for the song, but for what where it is in the movie and what it, what the animation does. That's my fifth, I'm going to tell you. That's now. your number five, okay. Yeah. Um, I think it, I mean, total um, clarification, I hate the remakes that they've done, the live-action remakes. They seem pointless, a waste of, well, not a waste of money because they've made a lot of money, but I don't understand why they're doing, but the animation in this particular song, in the original uh, Beauty and the Beast, is phenomenal. Now, this mm-hmm. is this was when it, it was like the second golden age of Disney when it when it went from Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, Aladdin, that whole run mm-hmm. of amazing movies that they had. It just is uh, Jerry Orbach is the guy that's singing it. Mm-hmm. And he was he was Baby's dad in Dirty Dancing. Oh, 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 okay. that, that was him. I think it was Law and Order as well. I think mm. in in America, um, and it's just from start to finish, it is just an exquisite. Like not a single frame mm. is wasted, and it is beautiful from start to finish. But a great it, it, song. I was going to say, talking about all of that bit, it was originally they wanted to put it in for best a best film. It was the first right. time that a Disney film was pushed to go in the best film category rather than best animated. 
right back then. It wasn't, but they really pushed for it. Yeah, I found that out <laughs> in the facts I was reading. Oh, right, <laughs> I, 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 I do have I do have a Beauty and the Beast song at number six. Um, I absolutely agree with you, Pav, about the remakes. Mm. I think that might be an age thing, but my song is from the remake. It's not in the original, but the original film. I, I agree. I, it's as a comedian, we we very rarely laugh. Yeah, because you, you you're too busy sort of second guessing what what the comedian's going to say or what the actor's going to say, but the the relationship between uh, Cogsworth and Lumiere, mm. the clock and the candlestick in 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 both films I have to say, but in the animated film, and there's a line, it's a throwaway line when they talk about a piece of furniture being baroque, and one says, "Well, what I always say is if it ain't baroque, don't fix it." <laughs> it's like, nice. It just as as a, I find myself surprised even that it's such a brilliant line, but. I I've, I agree with you. I think Beauty and the Beast was one of the last great animated classics for me because I sort of stopped as Ed got a bit older. You, you kind of lost, not lost interest, but you realise these films were going on, but you didn't sort of take yourself to see them. But yeah, uh, yeah. I, I fully understand. You, you do wonder the amount of money they spend on those live remakes. I think Beauty and the Beast is the best live remake of them, but I, I absolutely get your point. When you've got this wonderful piece of work already, why do you because they don't really add anything to it? Although having no. said that, they have added the song that I've put into my top ten. Right. So I'm, <laughs> I'm con- totally confident. But Oscar Wilde said it's the mark of a gentleman to hold two contradictory thoughts at the same time. So there you go. You know. But also, it became it's become ingrained in our sort of culture. I think the Simpsons parodied it with "See My Vest," didn't they? Yes, yeah, 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 it's true. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, people yeah. use it. I went to see it live. My my daughter was a huge fan when she was about five or six. So they came on a tour of the Beauty and the Beast musical, and I would say, you know, that song is one of probably the standout song really of the show because of the set piece and Lumiere doing all of his yeah. stuff with the human. So if you've never seen it live, I would I would recommend that. It's really really good experience. Excellent. Okay, Kevin, you're number nine, please. Well, I I did have Corella Deville here, which is a, a great song, but I I crossed it out. I've, I've gone for the wonderful thing about Tigger, which is okay. from Winnie the Pooh <laughs> and the Blustery Day, and it, this is part my again, seven, by the way. Is it really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. well, it, 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 I find myself when I was making this list trying to find excuses, and I, I go, well, this is partly because my son loved this song so much. But sod that, I don't want to, it's actually a brilliant song and it's a song mm. that's still, and also Tigger, I, I love the fact he spells it T-I-double-G-E-R. Uh, and I love, I love the fact that this character who is so full of himself, is also an idiot. Uh, he, he gets things wrong, but he's so, and it's such, uh, it's just a wonderful song. You can't not sing along with it. And also, I've, I've clocked already that you two have got a fairly childish sense of humour. My, my son had this little Tigger toy which bounced up and down. And when he was about eight and getting slightly bored of it, he realised if he put, if he turned it horizontally, it looked like Tigger was having sex. <laughs> uh, and he, my son used to play the wonderful thing about Tigger while Tigger was bouncing up and down. But it, it's just what I, I defy. It's one of the joys of, of me. I, I've, I've fallen in love with musicals in the last five years. I, I don't know where it came from, but I've just fallen in love with them. And I, I realise I've wasted a lot of time in my in my uh, left wing firebrand comedian days, when I was obviously denying myself the pleasure of these things, but I've really fallen in love with it. And I, I defy anyone to, in whatever mood you're in, if if you're feeling low, if you just start whistling the wonderful thing about Tiggers to mm. yourself, it, it will cheer you up. Yeah, and it and it's a it's a great song to sing. I'm a, I can't remember what away match it was. It's a Palace away match, probably on a train to Watford. For some reason, somebody started singing the wonderful thing about Tiggers. And a, a whole coachload of middle-aged men 
bouncing up and down. <laughs> Is that I'm singing? I'm the only one. It's just, it, it's it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. It, it just fills you with pure joy. That's, Absolutely, it's, it's one of those songs which Disney does so well in all of its songs. You know, I just I defy any manly man not to be have yeah. the same joy as the rest of us. It's yeah, it's just. I, I was going to say, as with any great art, Disney have the ability to make it so that your heart fills with joy, mm. and then on a sixpence can absolutely cut you to the quick and make yep. you cry. Mm. And that's that's the beauty of a, of a a good Disney song and a good Disney movie. But that's another great one. Okay, so that was your number seven, Neil, you said, yeah? It was, yeah. Okay, so what's your number nine? It is Following the Leader from Peter Pan. Oh, yeah. Um, it, yeah, I mean, I love this song because, again, it's I'm, I'm going to bring it back to the story of um, my children when they were younger. It was always a problem, like most parents, for bath time. So I sang this song and got them to follow me everywhere I went before we went to the bathroom. And it worked every time. It was, <laughs> I mean, my my kids still say to me now, well, especially my daughter more than my son, she'll still say, come on round and sing that song for me because I can't be bothered to go anywhere. <laughs> She's 23 years old. Um, but yeah, and it, it is just such joy, isn't it? It's a, it, you know, for a for a, for a, a film that hasn't actually got that many songs in, that uh, one to me, and it is a highlight. It's uh, it, again, well, it, all, it also indicates the fact Neil, that some children, are, most children, are quite dim because it, yeah. <laughs> it takes them five years to realise that this is going to end in Bath. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a one, isn't Daddy's great? And it, where's this song going to end? Is it going to be yeah. in, a, in a camp, in a tent? Oh, no, it's the bath again. He's done it again. <laughs> yeah. But it's the fact that my daughter said, like, in the summer, you'd walk us right out and around the garden and oh, then back in. What a good dad. Oh, you see. In the day, I mean that's amazing because I've heard you sing, Neil, and I mean, yeah. you know, <laughs> hey, that's the You're joys not Harry of the Styles. Disney. I'll give you that. Well, no, no, Barry Styles, Nobby <laughs> <laughs> Styles. Uh, yeah, hey, don't you knock his foot with his um, singing voice? But he was yeah, a great dancer. Just, I mean, he well, was, he, yeah, he yeah, yeah. But it was just all Disney songs. You don't have to be a great singer. You can get involved and go for it. I mean, yeah, it's, it's just fun, isn't it? It's just mm. that's what it's all about. We don't we don't want to lose that essence of fun and people just enjoying the songs that they want to enjoy. So mm. yeah, very good. Um, okay, my number nine. Now it's from a sequel, um, but it's more prevalent to what is in the musical, like the stage musical. So this is "He Lives in You" from the Lion King two, but it's obviously it's also in the Lion King musical, and. Um, See, I, I don't know whether how many people have seen The Lion King two because it, it was it, it was just straight out on video. I think it was. It was a straight, straight video on. one, yeah. But it's got some amazing songs. I mean, The Lion King has got some amazing songs on it. But there's just some. I'm the same as you, Kevin. I, I Neil goes to or went to the theater quite a lot, sort of pre-COVID, didn't you, Neil? Absolutely. I was always one that never bothered, but I've been sort of like seduced by things like Lin-Manuel Miranda and stuff like that. Yeah. And I've tried my hardest not to make this top 10 another top 10 of Lin-Manuel Miranda <laughs> songs because it could quite easily have been for me. But when I went and saw The Lion King, I think I've seen The Lion King three times now um, in various different theatres, and it's just magical. And you cannot yeah. do anything but like shed a tear when that the, the music starts kicking in. And this is just a beautiful song that, that goes really well with the whole story of the first Lion King, but obviously it fits in with Lion King 2. I don't know whether you guys have seen Lion King 2 I, at all. I, I, I've not seen 
either of the live shows of, of Lion King, but I I had this week, three weeks, I was I was working, my agent at one stage said to me, I wanted to try and work on more mainstream shows. And I said, well, there's a reason I don't work on more mainstream shows. But I ended up doing this uh, series at the London Palladium with various people, and it was which was marvellous, and I did a couple of things. But it just so happened that of the three shows that I did, these three big shiny floor shows, um, the Lion King were guests on all three of them doing the opening number. Oh, right. Right. Uh, and normally in a theatre or a TV studio, the, the, the people making the shows are technicians. They've seen everything before. They're too busy in rehearsal. But that's the one song I've seen, the one piece of, of theatre I've seen, that every time they rehearsed it, the whole place stopped and mm. went quiet because it's so... I mean, it's clever for a start off the way it's staged, but it's just something about that opening number that just gets you in in inside. Basically, I yeah. I, I got a bit superior about it when because people say, "Oh, it's you know, it's based on Hamlet." I go, "It's not that based on Hamlet, is it? Come on now." <laughs> let's, let's, but it's, but I, it's, I should go and see the live show. Actually, so I don't know any, anyone who. And also, the makeup is just mm. just incredible. spectacular when you see that, and he's yeah, I. I my, my one issue of going to see musicals sometimes, of course, and, and seeing them in rehearsal is that you've got all these thick young people uh, who are just ripped and are happy to wear loincloths. And so, so there's always that issue. You can only breathe in for so long while you're yeah. while you're watching them. But the, the costumes and the makeup in that, were just I think it would probably worth the money alone, I would guess, to, mm. to see it live. Yeah. I mean, I've only seen it the once, and it was a bit marred by um, after the uh, interval. I suddenly got an ear infection. Oh right, I was that trying was to watch it. Yeah, it was it was quite bad. Uh, I suddenly got very bad earache, and but I still managed. It shows how good a show it is. I still sat through the whole thing. Wow, well, yeah, cracking earache to finish it. Is those because, dust mites off the elephants? I think that was. That, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, could have been. Could have been. Uh, but it's it's a phenomenal show. It, it is, is a phenomenal is. show. I always when I always I, I never whenever I say to people they should go and see it, I never try. I never tell them like what the start is because mm. i feel like you yeah. have to not know and just experience that whole like the circle of life bit at the start you just have to it's yeah. it's magical it really is um okay so kevin you're number eight then please well i know we did technically say we're going to try and stick to classic uh disney animation and this is this is animation to an extent but it's it's from muppet treasure island Okay, and there's a Muppet Christmas Carol song coming up, but it, it's the opening. It's Shiver My Timbers from Muppet Treasure Island. The, the Muppets, for me, I mean, I loved it. The, the, the Muppets are just, again, growing up, uh, just pure joy. My my father-in-law, uh, God rest his soul, who was a Methodist, is the equivalent of a bishop in the Methodist Church, if you like, and he was, he was like, he was a proper vicar. He was the nicest, kindest man you could meet, but he was a proper sitcom vicar uh, i've never seen a man laugh more than he did at, at the muppets and he used to love the music as well because again the muppets like disney just take yeah. everything so seriously every detail is right and the muppet treasure island is quite a dark version of of the of the book which most kids versions are not but this proper pirate sea shanty to start it off with and again it was it was i watched it because my son watched it and absolutely adored it and my son was one of those kids who if he watched the film he would have to dress up as somebody in the film to watch it and he would know every word and you just immersed yourself in it so i, I saw this and I, I must have seen it 10 times uh, you know in, in a year but still shiver my timbers it's just got a brilliant beat 
you you can't help yourself You're just joining in with the, the deep throated stuff and you just it, it sounds a bit wanky but you just end up channeling your inner pirate <laughs> you, know yeah. and you, suddenly, you suddenly start convincing yourself oh, i would have been a pirate in a in a and yeah and, and your wife says yeah pirates were terrible people they were awful you go no no not not the pirate i would have been i would have been a proper dashing buccaneer <laughs> with a plume in my hat burying treasure all around the world every woman in the caribbean would have would have loved me and just you, you can't help those the, the best films the best disney films just draw you into it and you become you you kind of immerse yourself in it really you don't just watch it and again that sounds a bit pretentious but it is it's like having an hour and a half off life yeah. basically it's the same like i i love I, I love Lauren Hardy. I adore Lauren Hardy because one of my earliest memories is sitting on my dad's lap while he laughed and laughed at Lauren Hardy. And again, now if I'm if I'm down, I'll put a Lauren Hardy film on, mm. and you just lean towards the screen and you just get into their world and you become part of it. It's the same with the best, the best Disney and the best uh, Muppet star. I mean, Jim Henson is a huge hero of mine because I, I just think there's somebody there who understood what it is to bring. To bring joy to it's like yeah my I I work with my wife works in theatre she she company stage manages pantomime most everybody in theatre will tell you how much they love pantomime everyone loves pantomime because it's normally the first thing a child will see and they and they will say well do you never know, you know one of those children watching the pantomime they may become an actor and they become they may become a director and I'm like sort that it doesn't matter what they become for for two hours that kid is just Transport. I remember seeing a, a pant at Oxford Playhouse. And there was a couple of kids. I got talking to their mum, and their mum said, "We can't afford theatre, but the the, the theatre Oxford Playhouse offer these free tickets to people on our estate." And they and like she was overwhelmed by it. But the two kids, one was five and one was seven, I watched them more than I watched the the panto because they were just so excited. And yeah. I, I I managed to get them after. I said, "We'll, we'll come backstage and meet the character." And they were just like, and it doesn't matter if they whatever they become in life. They've got that wonderful memory of, mm. of that show, and that's what I think happens with 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 Disney and, and the Muppets. You you just remember, I th- yeah, I think back to moments as a kid. You know, my mum was quite ill when I was a kid. I think back to moments where you just put all that to one side and you're just swept up in in this magical world. And and, yeah. so, and, and the older I get, I used to think the older I get, the more I would sort of to you know, become cynical about it. But in fact, the older I get, the more important I think it is to 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 bring magic into into people's worlds, to bring music, to bring colour, to bring joy, to bring happy endings. You know, mm. I, my wife's just been working on a show in Bath, the Theatre Royal, Roman Holiday, a musical based on the, the classic film. And it's not changing the world. It's it's not bringing down governments. But for, for you come out of it singing all these Cole Porter songs that they've added and you're just happier for a day or two because you've you've had this two hours and that's what the Disney and the Muppets and, and people like that do for, for, for you as well. And don't you feel that's what the world needs at the moment? Yeah, I, th- you know? I, think, it, I think it always needs it. But I think, I think without a doubt, um, there's a brilliant, I don't, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm not a fan of rom-coms, I have to say, but uh, I'm a Guinham, to be perfectly honest. But we watched uh, Rye Lane the other night, which is a rom-com based in uh, Peckham. Uh, and it's a, about a, a two black middle class kids, and it's be- it's a beautiful film. But there's there's one bit where she she ditches her her first boyfriend, this really serious boy, because he won't wave at a boat on the river. They're on a bridge, and she says, "You have to. It's the law. If 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 a boat goes underneath, and they wave, you wave back." And it's like, and I'm a waver. 
you know, and 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 I I think these films are just encourage you to wave back. Yes. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. I that's completely. a lovely analogy. Yeah, I, I like completely that one. agree. And the other thing is, if you want to come back, Kevin, we have to do top ten Laurel and Hardy. Oh, absolutely. We will do it off we the back of this. To, because <laughs> I'm to. I'm amazed with the amount of people that don't know. Look, who a who mm. Laurel and Hardy is or are not fans. So if you are, I mean, I know that Neil is a massive Laurel and Hardy fan. I was brought up on Laurel and Hardy. That's what we've got to do. That that's a future one. Well, well, Frank Skinner always said, and he was he was serious when he was younger, and he he started a relationship. He would the first time she came back to his flat, he would put way out west on right. And if they didn't tap their feet to commence the dancing, that was it. He would stop the relationship. Because <laughs> he, he said, seriously, if they don't get Laurel and Hardy, we've got nothing nothing in common. That, yeah. That, yeah, that is the barometer true. for any yeah. relationship. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and as I've then, said before, myself and Pav did a fi- fine interpretation of the dance. We did. did you? Live on stage for one of our yeah, live podcast shows. Yeah. Yes, we did. Yeah, yes, we did. It did take us about three months to rehearse it. <laughs> yes, we sweated. We sweated on that, didn't we? Oh, my God. But it was so much fun. It so was. Um, right then, Neil, you're number eight. So it's from Pinocchio and it's Give a Little Whistle. And again, like Kevin right. said, it's one of those sort of songs um, that is, is straight away sort of embodies upliftment, gives, makes you happy. Um, in, a, in a film that Pinocchio that still gives me the eebie-jeebies, and it's only a reminiscent from um, being a child, the whole bit when he was taken and swallowed by the whale and everything. Oh, yeah. I still feel quite traumatic now when I watch it and when I did then. But give a little whistle. I mean, you hear the burly workman still whistle, yeah. don't you? It's, yeah, it's a strange yeah. phenomenon. You still hear people whistle along. I don't know whether you two are a fan of Pinocchio yourself. I mean, yeah, I do like yeah. that movie. I love that I, movie. I, 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 when You Wish Upon a Star was my original long list. Mm. And again, I think it's an indication of how people's attitudes to children have changed because you probably wouldn't make a, a kid's film with the scary bits in it like that no. now. Because the you know the bit in the the circus with the two, I think they're two foxes that sort of half kidnap him. That's and when right. They, and when the, the, they... The donkey's ears start growing, but as you say, the, the when he's swallowed up by Monstro, it's like I would, I would imagine as as, as a five year old in the cinema and seeing that mm. on a big screen, you would be terrified. But oh. it's like the best fairy stories; they're not afraid to show that because because you you know kids like a bit of darkness as well. They know that yeah. it's, it's it's made up. But the Disney films will never people say oh they're sugary, they're smooch. They're not. They're really not sugary. Mm. Or We've said a million you know? times the the forest scene in Snow White is oh, one well, of the well, scariest, yeah, yeah. scariest mm. moments in cinema yeah, history. Yeah. They take you to real dark places, but Generally. also Pinocchio reminds me of the Double Bill Cinema Saturday mornings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sounding like my dad now, but oh, no, <laughs> sort of Pinocchio right. with the Golden Voyage of Sinbad together. There you go. Yeah. That's a good double bill, isn't it? That was that That's was a great one. I, yeah. was, that was my favourite. Was that a, a Ray Harryhausen one? Yeah, 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 that's wow, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it had Caroline Monroe in that one. Yeah. Oh, lovely. See, Pav loves one. Oh, I love <laughs> Caroline Monroe. Yeah. Um, okay, so that was your number eight, Neil. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Okay, so my number eight is from The Little Mermaid, and it's Under the Sea um, with Sebastian the the Crab. That's that's my th- four. Is that your number four? Is it? <laughs> You're taking all my <laughs> Under the Sea is is sort of Little Mermaid's version for me of Be Our Guest from Beauty and the Beast. There's always one of those good, up-tempo, fun, mm. fun songs. There's a couple of lyrics in there. I'm not going to say what they are because it might come into fruition a little bit later on, so I'm not going to say anything to spoil that. But I'm not a massive fan of The Little Mermaid as a movie, but as a song, 
I think it's it's got everything that is great about Disney, especially with the animation. It's it's colourful, it's fun, it's 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 just got some great imagery. It's got some great lyrics in there. Like I say, I'll come to that a little bit later on. Um, and again, I, I don't, I haven't seen one single frame of of what the the remake or the you know the, the live action one has been. I don't really want to. So I'll I'll stick with that. Like I say, I'm not a massive fan of the movie. To be fair, sorry Disney, but uh, <laughs> but the but the song for me is great. It is, it is, and it's another one of those, like you said, those oh, big oh. sort of crowd pleasers, like be our guest. But it's also like Disney aren't scared to use different styles of music as well. I mean, it's got a very reggae undertone to that under yeah. the sea, hasn't it? So you know, you I've know, just been playing the absolute wrong song underneath it. <laughs> oh, I didn't hear. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, what for copyright reasons. Yeah, yeah. I was playing my number seven instead of number eight. So <laughs> no, spoiler. No, there's a spoiler. I didn't hear it, thankfully. But yeah, that's what I like about Disney. They change, you know, they have the same sort of tempo of those songs, the same sort of, you know, beats and everything, that how the song works, but they're not uh, they're not scared to change the style of music wherever yeah. it may be in those. And I really admire them for that. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of Disney haters and everything, what they and what they are, but you can't deny they do this sort of, thing so bloody well don't yeah they? yeah with everything that kevin was saying earlier on at the moment the trendy thing to do is to shit on disney mm. it's like everything they do just gets totally ripped apart in certain sections of, of youtube and because it gets clicks it's better mm. to yeah, shit yeah. on disney because they get more more views if you like well I, 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 to be fair you can understand some of those but disney themselves have taken it on board with with reissues when they They've decided not to take stuff out that is is controversial. Like yeah, you, know, you mentioned uh, in Peter Pan, there's, there's a song in that "What Makes the Red Man Red," mm. which my son used to. Like. And I and, and even 20 years ago, watching it, you, it didn't really occur to me that it was an issue. But when people say actually, and you go actually, you know, you're right. But so what? What Disney do? It, and, and it's an easy excuse to say the films are of their time. But I think Disney have done the right thing in that. They, no, they put a disclaimer at the start of the new DVDs or the new Blu-rays or whatever it is you young people were saying, you know, um, stereotyping was never was never right. It wasn't right then, it's not right now. But we'd yeah. rather leave it in to show you what the attitudes of the time were than, than just take it out. So I can understand why some people, but I, I think it's it's an argument, isn't it? It's about divorce. It's an old argument about divorcing the art from the artist. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's like... I, Caravaggio is, is one of my favourite artists, but he's the most despicable man you could ever meet. But you have to have that in the back of your mind. So there are mm. there is there are some things that, yes, will come across as stereotypical now. And we know that Disney himself had views that we we wouldn't share. But at That's the same right. time, yeah. at the same time, he he and his his predecessors created this most amazing legacy. Mm. And like you say, it's it's very easy to criticize uh Walt Disney because and it's you're going to get less clicks for celebrating Disney than you are for for having a go at Disney. You are, and, uh, but I but I I think I I will argue forever that it's he's culturally relevant but also just joyful just yeah. and 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 for me that outweighs the understandable reservations that some people have about about the films. I I get that, but it, in the same way that you can look at Dad's Army and you could kind of go, oh, what really? It's like you you. You have to view everything in in context. You, yeah, you you can't. There there will be there will be things that we talk about now that, that the most right on people talk about now that in thirty years time will be considered beyond the pale. Mm. And we don't know what they are yet. 
No, because we haven't been told. If you know what I mean, but it's yeah. just like yeah. so you can only you can only live in the in the in the minute that you're living in and and create art accordingly. But I you know I, I think whatever whatever Disney can be accused of is vastly outweighed by the the joy and the the happiness they've brought to the mm. to the well not just the kids but to the world in general. Yeah, mm. you know which and again this is not a political podcast. And I won't mention it again. This is like the idea of of painting over. Mickey Mouse, uh, you know, in a, in a detention centre for, for young refugees, it's just yeah. like repre- it's just reprehensible. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting that it's almost an act of sacrilege mm. to do that to Disney characters, you know, as yeah. far as I'm concerned, because Disney characters are something that unites the whole world. The whole world, mm. they might have different names in different parts of the world. These characters. But kids all over the world will recognise the characters and smile when they see them. And you only, I mean, yeah. it's, it's not even the character. If you see a big circle with two little circles I, on the top, I, I, yep. everyone knows that it's Mickey Mouse. Everyone yeah, knows absolutely. that that's Disney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other thing, Kev, in 30 years' time, we're all going to be plugged into our AI overlords anyway, aren't we? So, <laughs> you know, it's not going to matter. They're going to tell us what we need to think, when we can shit, when we can eat. That's, we're not going to have to worry about it. So, um, right, that was my number eight. So, Kev, your number seven then, please. My number seven is a Disney film that's not often mentioned. It's uh, Robin Hood uh, and it's Ooda Lally. Um Now, I have to say, historically, darlings, the film is all over the place. <laughs> it's it's uh, you you couldn't show it to a, an A level class, but I mean the cast is fantastic. Peter Ustinov as as King John, Terry Thomas Terry as, Thomas, as his snake yeah. Sir Hiss, but just Udalali is just. I mean, it's very much the film was nineteen seventy three. It, it's it's very much a laid back hipster nineteen seventy three song. It's just you know Robin Hood and Little John walking through the forest. Udalali, 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 and you just you can't not. You can't not move your shoulders and shake your... And it's just... Again, it's it's a classic... I was going to say it's a classic Robin Hood tale, but it's like it's a classic sort of 70s take. And it's it's really strange, the colour palette in this film as well. It's it's, mm. but it's, it's a real... I, I can imagine in 1973 quite a lot of the animators using the phrase sticking it to the man. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, essentially, that's what's going on there. But you've got this brilliant... I mean, Robin Hood is a, is a fox. He's so cool. Yeah, mm. uh, it's it's really it's an odd thing to talk about a, a two dimensional drawing being cool, but Robin Hood is so cool and made Marion uh, one of the sexiest oh, foxes. The, the, the vixen, what a, I mean, yeah. just brilliant. But also the fact that Peter Ustinov and Terry Thomas, huge stars at yeah. the time, huge stars, clearly having the time of their life. You could have, it would have been very easy to phone that in and take whatever money they were paid for, it. but clearly having the time of their life hamming it up as yeah. these mm. two inept villains. And, and you know, King John is such an inept villain. If things go badly, he starts sucking his, his thumb, yeah. which, you know, which is just, it's just really funny. And it's, again, it's really cool because Sir Hiss keeps trying to hypnotise him, um, yeah. a bit like the snake in, in Jungle Book. And he has these kaleidoscopic eye mm. things going on. It's, it's really, it, it looks like a film from 1973 and it sounds like a film, but Udalali is, uh, it's just... It's just the most jaunty song. Yeah. Uh, it's just you can't you can't it can't not 
sort of move your shoulders and do the sort of Paul Whitehouse uh, walk as you, yes. as you move it along. It's a, <laughs> I mean, it's a great song. It's it's not a film that many people sort of put in their top ten. No, in their Disney, but it's it's right and it's funny as well. It's it's genuinely yeah. funny, and I just love the fact that you have got this various selection of animals in in Sherwood Forest, and like some of the guards are rhinos for no, yeah. for, for no apparent reason. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, and and again because we didn't have postmodern irony, and you don't go how's how's that working? Yeah, they're, mm. they're way out of their natural habitat. You just laugh at the fact that these these guards are idiots. You just go with Disney. You just Disney. go with Disney, yeah. and it's fine. It's exactly. Yeah. Well, I would also say if you're picking up on that, you're picking up that these animals are all walking on. Two Two legs as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the point. Yeah, we well, yeah, yeah. they can use bow and arrows and they've got opposable thumbs and everything. But yeah. it's one of my favourites. But there's a lot of links with the jungle book to this one, isn't there? Because obviously, oh, yeah. um, what's his name? Play blue, my mind's gone blank now. But uh, he's Phil, in it. He's little um Phil yeah. I wrote it down earlier. Um but he like, plays yeah. um he plays little John, doesn't he? And yeah. um, as a lot, of the, I believe some of the animators that did the Jungle Book did the Robin Hood one as well. Oh, okay, right, right. And so there was a link. Well, there's, that way. there's. I'll put it on for our Patreon as I put put it on the video playlist. There is footage of them using the same animation for the characters for Maid Marian and then also for the cat in Aristocats. Oh, exactly, really? Right, okay. Exactly the same animation when they're dancing. Yeah, they've right. overlaid yeah, it with different yeah, characters. It's, yeah, yeah, it's 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 fascinating when you watch it because they just whether it was a time saving thing or not, I don't I I don't know. But yeah, it's it's weird. You think I've seen that somewhere before, and mm. it's exactly the same movements. Yeah, well, that's good. Um, okay, Neil, your number seven was a wonderful thing about Tiggers. It was. Uh, so my number seven, which you may have heard a little bit earlier on, was uh, "Friend Like Me" by uh, Robin Williams in Aladdin. Yeah. That's my number two. That your number two? <laughs> <laughs> I might as well just give you my list. It's not like that. We haven't had that for a long time where I've had a lot no. of yours, Neil. Um, and it's, I mean, it's just because of Robin Williams. I mean, you can just imagine that they just said, just do what you want to do, Robin. You know, and I think, I don't think they had some kind of um, fallout with Disney afterwards, didn't he, or something about something. I can't remember what it was. I need to find out. But he had a little bit of a fall, like that's why he didn't appear in in the the, the follow the straight to DVD. Uh, but didn't he sequel. come back and do the third one? He though? did come back yeah. and do the yeah. third. In fact, I think it was Dan Castaneda who does um, Homer, Homer Simpson that, really? did, that did it in number two. It was, yeah. Really, that's interesting. Yeah, he was. Well, he, I mean, he that that that's a film I, I could I could take or leave. To, I mean, I was a grown up man when I watched it for the first time. But the the genie in that is just genius because you get the sense as well that it, it is. Improvised a lot, mm. which, a which lot. they did. They did just leave him in the studio basically for a, a long time and see what what came out. And I understand the issue was that he he thought they went a bit safe with some of the some of the stuff they used, you know, uh, which, right. which is understandable. I'd say Robin Williams. I um I, I compared Robin Williams at the Comedy Store. Really? Who he 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 turned up. I was comparing the Comedy Store. And it was well known that Robin Williams, every time he turned up in any city, would find a, a comedy club. And Robin Williams turned up uh, through the back entrance of the comedy store. And it's like the manager came in and it's like, I was the only one in the dressing room. And it's like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> and he went, hey, man, nice to meet you. you know, I, hear you're, I hear you read. It's like, wow. And he's going, you're comparing a comedy. You must be like, what the? And he says, can I go on for 20 minutes? I went, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it should be, it should be fun. I said, well, we'll put it. It was a late show. I said, is it all right? Can you wait for an hour and go? Yeah, he said, no, no, I've got to go on now. I said, mate, seriously, the the, the actor's following you, and he's Bert Tyler Moore. He shouldn't have been. He's a brilliant comic, but he was the most gentle, 
comedian. I said, he can't, he can't. He said, I, I either go on there or I can't, I can't go on. I'm really sorry. So I went on stage and and the audience didn't believe it. So I, I gave this sort of fake build up to this. So we got a new outcome on it. And it's like, man, I've never seen, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, you talk about the roof coming. I mean, I've, I've been on stage next to Lee Evans and I've, I've seen what a huge reaction. And he was just fantastic. And he was brilliant. He was gracious. And and he just at the end he just shook hands with everyone, the photograph all disappeared, uh, and then Bert Tyler Moore went on had the best gig of his life. Although as he said afterwards, they were basically still applauding Robin Williams. <laughs> they, didn't, they really really listened to him. But he was I I don't like using the word genius about anyone who doesn't no. invent a cure a cure mm-hmm. for cancer. But he was I, I, I you know you learn that he was a, a troubled a troubled mm-hmm. man. But yeah yeah I, I've never seen a response to an audience like that and and he i mean he makes that film simple as that he he mm. makes that and there's just something about it it's a really odd way of working because the animators have to catch up with him rather than the voice artist sort of imposing the voice on the the, the pictures are already there so it's quite mm. a difficult way of making it but uh, he's 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 a genius and he makes that film watchable to be put that so otherwise it's a fairly standard you know boy meets girl yeah the, the villain's yeah. not that villainous really but no the, the genie character is is fantastic yeah and i mean it, yeah. and it is again it's one of those songs like we spoke about before you know it's the big to me it's the big number of the 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 um yeah. film isn't it yeah it is that standout song and yeah and poor old will smith eh no let's not talk about that, <laughs> that one, Kevin. No, I haven't. Yeah, I don't bother. I'm, I'm not going. You, you, your body language indicates that it's probably not <laughs> not one I should. Have no, not at all. Not at all. And the other thing, Kevin, can you imagine your Wikipedia if it said the only man that said no to Robin Williams? <laughs> said, Sorry, mate. No, you've got to go on in like an hour. Can you imagine that? I was, I was only. I assumed that he'd be right. It was just literally. I was thinking about poor Bert Tyler Moore. To be perfectly honest. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but he was. I, it's one of the great privileges of my life that I, I, I can imagine. I, I can say I share oh, the stage with, with Robin Williams, and he was a really gracious, humble chap as well. He didn't have anybody with him. He just and he's like, literally, do you mind if I go and stay? Yeah, I go, probably yeah, fine. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, right, Kevin, your number six, then, please. Now, my number six is from Beauty and the Bit. I'm fairly oh, yeah. sure that it's not in the the cartoon original uh, and i think it's it's a song called evermore it's a song that beast sings when uh uh her dad uh emma watson uh, beauty's character the dad's in trouble and he, he allows her to leave the castle and he knows or he thinks that she will never come back again and he sings this most it, it, i actually well up thinking about it it's, it's his most beautiful ballad he's got this brilliant tenor baritone voice and he's at the top of the castle and, he, and he's resigned himself to the fact that he and and the rest of the people in the in the castle are going to be doomed forever that the curse will never be broken and it's a it's a song that belongs in any if it was in Les Mis if it was in 42nd Street if it was in Guys and Dolls you'd go that song absolutely belongs there and it 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 stops me and because it, it is I have to say that's the only the only one of the, the the real life animation films that they make that I I think is worth the journey. To be honest, yeah. I think it's mm-hmm. if I hadn't seen the, the cartoon, I'd go. This is a, actually a really good film, and there's some 
there's some stonking big set piece numbers as well. The the, the Gaston pub song and yeah. you know, there's some great characters, but that it it generally it really I, I'm like a lot of South London working classmen. I'm quite sentimental. You know, don't mention the old don't mention the old mum in my pub. Everyone's got that. Don't mention the old mum. <laughs> I'm quite sentimental, but I I do. And again, I think that song was one of the reasons I started to think actually some music in some films does make it better. Mm. You know, and I can hear it in the background now, and it's just like it. It's it's. A, I'm not trying to make you cry, Kevin. No, honestly. it does. I do. I don't mind admitting that I do. I, I'm far more sentimental than my than my wife, and she just she'll just occasionally just tut and go, oh, he's off in the room. It's like the end of the railway shield and she just leaves the room when the, the her dad gets off the train in the railway children because I'm just going to be a mess for five minutes, you know. But, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, but it's it's just something about the 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 depth of his voice as well. It's just it's just a great tune, great words, great context. It's, it's one of the great musical songs as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, great one. Absolutely. Okay then, Neil, you're number six. So it's from The Lion King. We've spoken about that before, but it's a Kuna Matata. Mm. It means no worries. <laughs> ah, that's what it means. That's what it means. That's what it means. But, you know, again, it's the same old adage as we've been talking before about all the other movies. This song to me is the feel good song after such a traumatic experience of seeing Simba's dad, Mustafa, die. And he gets sort of rescued by. Um, Timber, 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 Timon and Pumba. Um, and this is the sort of, the, 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 to me, it's the song that brings you back into the movie and makes you feel a bit better about everything that's just been. Um, and then you see, obviously, Simba grow, which is very much reminiscent to watching your own kids grow and sort of things like that. Um, you know, eating bugs under logs that your kids <laughs> do in the garden and everything. But no, it's, it's another song that, it's a, it's a great feel-good song. I know we keep using it time and time again, but it is one of those. And again, when you see it on stage, it's one of the highlights to me of the stage show. It's such a well-done thing and very funny on the stage when they do it. I, I, I think, Neil, as well, it's one of those songs, uh, again, as I say, it's not my favourite film, but it's one of those songs, It does it work outside the film? It's like Because the, there are some songs, and when you watch mm. the film and you go... Oh, this is this. It's like the the Mary Poppins Returns. You mentioned it, the the opening number in that underneath a lovely London sky. Mm. In in the film itself, as I'm I'm very proud London and I love anything to do with London. In, in the film itself, you go, oh, this is great. What a, what a really brilliant way to to introduce the film. But when you hear it just as a song, you kind of go, oh, yeah, it's all right. But Akuna Matata is like if you hear it, if you just hear it on the radio or somebody sings mm. it, 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 you don't need the context of the film to make it no a, a brilliant song. And it's it's like yeah. the, the song I just mentioned, Nevermore. It's the same there for me. It's like if I hear that uh, on a radio, on a CD, on a CD, you just go, that's just a brilliant song. It, mm. you, you, you could tell me it came from a film, and I go, yeah, fine, what, but it's a brilliant song. And it's the same with Akuna Matata. It's, it's the same with most of the songs we mentioned. I oh, know they they they, they, alone, they work they? they stand alone exactly yeah which is, which is important in in, a, in terms of their artistic value. Mm. Have you seen the Book of Mormon, Kevin? I haven't. I haven't. I wish I highly I, recommend. I, 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 well, I'll recommend one back to you, which is Operation Mincemeat in um, the Fortune Theatre, which is a, a oh, new. Heard about it's that. A, yeah. yeah, it's a new musical based on a rather grisly story of um, a 1943 World War Two deception scheme where they uh, disguised a dead tramp as a. Uh, a British Marine who had secret papers on him. So it's quite a grisly story, but they turn it into this wonderful, this wonderful musical, basically. And again, right. it's one of those things where 
you think beforehand, you, think, you can't make a musical out of this. It's impossible. But yeah. they have, and it's done. And it's it's like I say, the older I get, I'm just really getting into mm. musicals. I'm I'm making myself go and see more stuff, live stuff, because much as I love film, live stuff is where I'm happiest. I'm really happy in theatres. I, I love performing, but I love taking my seat and and knowing that I'm about to watch something new and different. Mm. And and I don't I really don't know where this has come from, this this newfound love of, of <laughs> musicals. But I'm I'm embracing it. I'm really enjoying it. And and in Operation Minspeak, there's a couple of there's a there's a love song that this they they all play multiple roles. But there's there's one lad, it's this little uh, scouse lad who and he he plays the 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 secretary, the the, the battle act secretary for want of a better word, who just they have to. They want to put a love letter in the dead man's pocket to to give him a bit of background story, and these boffins are trying to write a love letter, and she just goes, "You you don't understand," and she sings this song about the love of her life who was killed in World War One, and it's just again. I thought I was going to have to. Luckily, it's the last song before the interval because I, I thought otherwise I'm I, I'm going to have to <laughs> I'm going to have to leave <laughs> or, to, or tell people my hay fever's got really bad. You know yeah. what I mean? But, it's just, but I think ten years ago I would have just looked. I would have just been staring cynically at my feet. But I don't know. I don't know what's unlocked this, but I'm I'm really enjoying it. I'm really embracing. Yeah, I'm taking I'm, I'm taking on board the it. magic. Absolutely, yeah, there is, the there is that. It. And ten years ago, I probably would have reached through the screen and tried to punch you for saying that. <laughs> and, and now I just want to reach through the screen and hug you and sing yeah. Akuna Matata. It's a yeah. So, so the reason I bought the Book of Mormon is obviously yeah. it's written by the guys from South Park. If you've yeah, not yeah. seen it, that nothing's out of bounds. Yeah. And it shocks me. Some of the people, I've seen it three times now, and some of the people that go and see it, I love watching their reactions to it. But they do a version of Akuna Matata. I can't oh, really? remember exactly what it is but basically it translates as fuck you and <laughs> fuck you god yeah it's honestly it's, it's um it's so good I, I i say to anybody who gets the chance to go and see that musical you will not be disappointed the songs every song in it is fantastic but yeah, yeah. that homage to akuna and, uh, matata is uh, so funny i know i know and there will be people listening to this who go it's all right for you, you middle class. It, it is expensive to go to the theatre. I know that. Mm. And it's expensive to go to musicals. Mm. And I'm lucky enough to live in, in London and I know people in the business. But if, if you can get to... And, you know, there's plenty of stuff that's touring all over the country. Mm. If, if And most theatres will do, will do tickets at accessible prices. You might have to jump through a few hoops to get them. But you, most theatres will, will get you tickets at 10, 20 quid. As possible. And I, I do realise how expensive it is, and I know I know it's, it's such a shame that it's out of the reach for a lot of people. So I went to see Dear England last week, the, the Gareth Southgate play at the National, which was great. But they make a great they make this whole play about we want to encourage football fans who have never been to the theatre before to come to the theatre. It's like, well, in that case, don't charge sixty eight quid <laughs> because it, it's too much. It's it, and then charge eight quid for a bottle. So I understand that that these things are out of the reach for a lot of people. But it, yeah. if you can find a way to just Get yourself into a theatre because it's mm. it's so different as an experience, and it is. It, it I, I can also understand some people thinking that they might feel out of place there, but you you won't. And once the lights are off, no one knows where you're from or whether you've been to a musical before. So yeah. mm. if if you can if you can try and go, do do go, because yeah. it's just it, 
like I say, if, even if it's just two hours off life, it's worth it. It really yeah. is worth it. You know. And I would also say to that to people now, look on the actual theatre website because there's so many yeah. schemes, like you said, to make tickets yeah. more much more affordable. You know, like the, since the lockdown, they've got this whole NHS, which is a marvellous thing yeah. that the NHS workers can go. People that serve in forces and all sorts. So I would always say, yeah. check the theatre website before you go anywhere else because there probably will be an option you can go and see it. Yeah. And for an England place, well, it should be £66, shouldn't it? Very good point. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very good point. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. I mean, and if we win something next year, they can put it down to £24. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my number six. Um, so I've had to succumb to a Lin-Manuel Miranda song. It's from Moana, and it's the song Shiny which is the Jermaine Clement uh, song. Now, I don't know if you guys have seen Moana. No, I haven't no, still, so, no. So Pass me by a little bit. Jermaine Clement plays, uh, his voices a big, massive, kind of uh, jewel-encrusted crab at the really right at the bottom, the depths of the sea. Um, and he sings a song that I th- I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be Bowie. Um, right. It's, he's doing his best Bowie impersonation. It's such a great song. It's got such a good little groove to it, um, and I would recommend watch Moana if you if you love classic Disney. It's got everything you need. Great story. Obviously, it's got the more cleaner uh, animation. If you like, it's more. I suppose it's computer generated it animation nice. now, isn't it? For those kind of things. But got some cracking songs. It's got such heart. That sort that movie. Uh, the, Dwayne the Rock Johnson plays um, Maui. I think his name is. But I still, I still get teary um, at certain sections of that song because wow. it, of, 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 the, of the movie. Um, it's just a magical uh, song and a magical movie. Get, if you get a chance to watch it, by all means do. Um, Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Right, before we do anything else, it's now time for this. Pop quiz, hot shot. I never actually told you about this, Kevin. We're going to do a little quiz now. Uh-huh. So it's first to three. Uh-huh. Uh, they're all going to be about Disney songs. And if you get the question wrong, it goes over to the, the, the opponent. Like I say, first one to three. As you are our guest, Kevin, you can go first or second. Yeah, see, I, I, if this was about Henry VIII's foreign policy, I'd be much happier about that. Uh, I'll if go, only Disney did a, a, a movie on Henry VIII's foreign policy. Uh, I, I'll go first. You're going to go first. Okay. Yeah. Uh, here's number one then. What is the Disney? What is the first Disney song in The Lion King? Oh, it's the one I've seen about <laughs> loads of times. Um, the one I always think starts Castor Semenya. What's it? It's just... This is a circle of life. Is that your answer? Yes. Is correct. Yes. One yeah. to Kevin. Neil, in which Disney movie will you hear this line? Darling, it's better down here where it's wetter. Take it from me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, your feet. Is it, is, it, is it as sinister as that in the actual it film? Is, it is. Like Darling, it? <laughs> it's better down here where it's wetter. Take it from me. <laughs> Well, surely Little Mermaid, isn't it? Is that your answer? Stop asking me questions. Is that your answer? Is correct. It was The Little Mermaid. I have to say that sounds better in a West Country accent as well. It really really does. (laughs) Okay, uh, Kevin, your next song. Uh, Next song, your next question. What was the first Disney song to win an Academy Award for Best Original Song? Oh. Have we mentioned it already? Uh, in my facts in your facts oh lord oh that's a terrible middle-aged short term oh oh it's quite that i'm sorry i really um uh, no i don't know i'm sorry no nope. you can't pass it over to me it'd be too unfair wouldn't <laughs> yeah, it? i mean you read the facts out neil so what what did yeah. you what, what, what have you got it as I got it as it was when you wish upon a star. A star it oh, is yes. when you wish upon a star. Yeah, I had it in my head. It was much later than that. So yeah, you did say that. So Neil, this one for the win. Oh, this one for the win. What was the first? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because he got that one. Yeah, um, got, yeah. Which Disney animated movie was the first to be turned into a Broadway musical? Oh, I'm going to say The Lion King. Uh, was not Kevin for a chance to steal the point to level it up I don't know if it counts but was it Mary Poppins no <laughs> it was Beauty and the Beast what oh, was did it? that come before did it uh, Beauty and okay. the Beast okay uh, Kevin this is still another chance to level it up yeah with a smile and a song was sung by a leading character and a baby bird in which Disney movie smile and a song with a smile and a song was sung by a leading character and a baby bird in which Disney movie? I'm trying to... Th- I can't... I don't know the song. I'm trying to think of a, a baby bird. I don't... I'm sorry. This is terrible. 
you want to just have uh, a guess? Think of I, any I, Disney song? I, I, I could Disney? say 15, 27 and <laughs> falling out with the papal states. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, correct. Well it's, done. <laughs> uh, oh, no, hang on. Hang on. I do know. Um, is it Snow White with the little blue blood on the finger? It is yes. Snow White. Yes. It's 2-2. Two, two. So yes, of course. It just came to me. The little, wow, that was very good. Beautiful piece of animation, yeah, where she's tidy. Yeah. yeah, there you go. So it's 2-2. Two, two. Neil for the win. So the pressure's okay. on now. In which Disney movie does a beautiful princess sing a tale as old as time? Oh. It's Beauty and the Beast. Beast yeah. It is not. Which beautiful princess? So, Kevin, for the oh. win. Oh. Which damn. beautiful princess sings a tale as old as time? Is there a princess in Beauty and the Beast? Why Ooh, do you keep asking me questions? I'm asking that, the questions. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, oh, shit. Yeah, I've suddenly yeah, twigged now. I thought it was the teapot that sang. That, uh, I well, it's, gonna... the, it's the teapot that sang uh, the Beauty and the Beast song where the first line is a tale as old as time, but there's a song called The Tale as Old, of, old as Time sung by a beautiful princess in which movie? Hmm. Sleeping Beauty. Kevin wins. Yes. Three to two. <laughs> An historic tell him, tell comeback him a there. Fan, yeah. <laughs> Absolute historic <laughs> comeback. Well done. You, very spursy. Very you, spursy. You, you were 2 1 down and looking at defeat in the face, uh, and you came back yeah. roaring yeah. 3 2. Look well done, Kevin. Uh, that's a good omen for the Ashes. That is a good yeah. omen for the Ashes, indeed. <laughs> okay, back to the work in hand. So, Kevin, what's your number five, please? Number five. Uh, uh, this is one of my favourite films. It's another Disney Muppet thing. It's from Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, it's Scrooge's song, the song that introduced. Me. I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with Christmas. I love Christmas partly because I think it, it it won't take a pub psychologist to tell you why. My, I was three when my dad told me there was no Father Christmas because he what he couldn't, he couldn't I, did, I know what? he was and he was wrong. Anybody listening to this, he was, he was, he was absolutely <laughs> wrong. I once told Simon Mayo off live on air because he 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 said he met his theory that there was no Father Christmas, and and he quite rightly got loads of complaints because people were listening to it in the car with their kids. So it's like yeah. I love I love Christmas. I'm really far too obsessed with it. It never snows. I've not got a log fire, so none of the things I want to happen really happen. But it's my favourite time of year, and I love Christmas films. And the Muppet Christmas Carol is my favourite Christmas film by a long way. It's it's a really good version of the story. It's 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 scary like the real story should be. It's funny. It's got great characters. The fact even now the fact that Miss Piggy and Kermit are married to each other, the Cratchits, and they have got six kids, three of which are frogs and three of which are pigs, yes. just <laughs> instead of instead of the hideous mutations they should be, it just makes me laugh. Yeah. So much the music in it. There's not a, a song in it that I don't love, but the opening song, "Here Comes Mr. Humbug," "Here Comes Mr. Scrooge," is just and the, just no cheeses for us Mises. Just yeah. it just makes me start. <laughs> Here comes Mr. If they gave a prize for being mean, the winner would be him. It's such the lyrics are, are great, but it just is wonderful opening scene on the streets of London where. It doesn't matter that vegetables can talk as well yeah. as pigeons and and mice and mice 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 and 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 there's Michael Caine and he partly got that little joke because he passes a shop that's called Mickle White's yeah which is right. his real name 
And Michael Caine just having the time of his life. Clearly, clearly, I don't know whether his agent had to persuade him to do it or whether it was a temporary lull in his career, but he just throws himself into it. Mm. And he it, it's a brilliant interpretation of the film. And I, I I can't wait. I allow myself. I know it's pathetic, but I allow myself. I, my wife is surprised that I put this in because I don't like even mentioning Christmas until the 1st of October. Uh, between the 1st and the 7th of October, I allow myself to listen to a couple of Christmas carols and watch a Christmas film and then yeah. put it aw- put it away until the 1st of December and then go absolutely batshit mental, full-on Christmas yeah. and, until until the 6th of January. And I will watch them up at Christmas Carol three or four times uh, over the Christmas period. On my own, I have to say, the rest of the family have long since given up. They just slip a brandy in a mince pie in the front room and shut the door on me because then just they know that I'm going to be singing the songs. But it, it never, ever gets gets boring. And some, some friends of ours, this theatre company, they do this sing-along version of it every every year, where, which they started in, in, in lockdown, where you just get together and everybody sing. And it's just joyful. It's just... It's just one. I look. For, I just look forward to Christmas so much, and this is one of the reasons why. It's because I can put Muppet Christmas Carol, and it. It's like, I'd go so far as say it's like meeting an old friend mm. again. There are certain films like The Life and Death of Colonel Blimp. I, it's it's my favourite film of all time, and it's like, whenever I put it on, you just go, oh, thank God for that. It's like it's been three months, and it's the same Muppet Christmas Carol, and you go, and and it also. You find yourself taking stock. You go, well, it's been a pretty shit year. This has happened, that's happened. But also, this has happened, that was good. But never mind that. Let's just, just put, and, mm. and and just right from the opening chords. But yeah. even now, because it still says in, in Loving Memory of Jim Henson, it still makes me sad that bit when it reminds yeah, me that he's yeah. not here. But So that's, it, it could have been any song from from Muppet Christmas Carol, but it's it's that one for me. It sets the scene perfectly, doesn't it? Oh, for doesn't it? Scrooge's yeah. entrance. It's just yeah. the perfect number. Yeah, well, also, especially as well when, when when Gonzo, who's a who's a brilliant narrator, and he's double narrator. act with Rizzo, mm. he's fantastic. Yeah. But when he says you're about to meet him, and he goes when, and then he's now, so he comes yeah. around the corner. And the, the way everyone is scared of him as well, it's just fantastic. It is phenomenal. Yeah. And I, yeah. I will I will say this. I think it's one of Michael Caine's best performances. I, do you know what? I, 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 other people might say that tongue-in-cheek, or, mm. you know, I agree. Yeah. And, and I think the secret, in the same way that the secret to pantomime is doing it like you're doing Shakespeare, he 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 acts, he does it, you know, you can say what you want about his acting ability, but he gives it his all. He doesn't, yeah. you know, yeah. it, it could have been very easy. He would have got away with any sort of performance. But he gives it his, his all and he interprets... He could have just t- took the paycheck, the, couldn't he? And a, a, just absolutely. And, and in, yeah. you, you really feel for him when the ghost shows him his... His part, you feel for his fear, and when you know, when his ex partners, and again, the fact that it's Jacob and Robert Marley as well, which I'm sure they in the writing room they thought we'll have the rest of the day off now. We've we've, we've come up yeah. with it, if we, we called him Bob Marley, let's move yeah. on. <laughs> but, but even you find yourself feeling really sorry for him because they're teasing him and taking the Mickey, but mm. it's also the way they 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 incorporate classic Muppet characters into it as characters in the film, and it and it absolutely they absolutely work as characters. Mm. In the film, it's it's wonderful. Yeah. And I also think they should reinstate his song from when he lost his first love. A lot of people say it's boring, but I I, 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 I agree. Yeah, I think it's a lovely song. Yeah, I, I, and it's so absolutely fitting. Agree. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And also, it's that it's that kind of thing. It's Michael Caine singing it, so you mm. kind of think, no, leave Michael Caine's song in. 
because he doesn't sing it badly, but mm. he acts it beautifully, mm. and, yeah, and it's yeah. the it's the key. I'm obsessed. I'm slightly obsessed with the with the book and every version of it because I think I think Scrooge is actually quite funny, or he thinks he's funny, mm. and and Michael came picks up on that. Michael Caine makes himself laugh as as Scrooge, but the key to it is that Scrooge is actually a really nice kid. He's a mm. lovely kid until that happens, really, yeah. and it's partly mm. his fault. But that song really, uh, you know, I can't believe I'm seriously analysing <laughs> a, a song that isn't in the original. Hey, I'm with you, Kevin. Yeah, I'm with you. But, but that song, I, for, for, I mean, I must have seen 50 different stage and film versions of 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 that story in different languages, I'd say. That's mm. how obsessed I am in animation. But the way he's one of the few actors that really captures what Scrooge would have been like if he'd stayed with her or she stayed with him. Yeah. Uh, and and you yeah. don't often get that sort of depth of character in 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 movie versions, film versions of, of the story. And you should, because I would, I would also urge anyone, I know a lot of people were put off by reading Charles Dickens, but... It, read the read the actual original story because most people know enough of the film to be able to follow the the book if you understand what I mean, mm. and and the book is brilliant. The book is really funny, really scary, really romantic, sentimental as Dickens is, but it's it's a it's a great entry level Dickens book if you're a bit scared of reading Charles mm. Dickens. But and also the Muppet Christmas Carol is a great entry level film to explain the story because the 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 plot is pretty much. As you know, there's a talking eagle, which there isn't in the original book, obviously. <laughs> yeah. you know I mean? But but still, even there, even there, the, the way the school uh, falls down while while Sam is having to be reminded that he's uh, British, not American, it's really clever the way they show the school decaying as Scrooge gets old. It's it's mm. it's great. Yeah, yeah absolutely so agree. The Christmas, not the Christmas just gone but the christmas before we did top 10 christmas movies yeah and about a month before that i'd never seen the muppet christmas carol really and then i watched it just before and it ended up i think number six in my top 10 christmas movies of uh, all time your, because i absolutely loved it yeah what was your number one um oh god i think it was it's a wonderful life oh no oh, oh, my, yeah. white christmas you'll have oh, to listen okay. to the episode Kevin. yeah no i will do yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I remember yeah. again, look, most, most of these top tens yeah, it, yeah. Would, it would have changed yeah. it's it a wonderful life would have been my number two the, the mm. bishop's wife would have been my number one That's uh, a wonderful go, christmas so. and yeah. the miracle on 42nd street would have been oh yeah. anyway let's, let's anyway that's another yeah. top ten yeah, yeah. um so neil your number five was uh be our guest it was so my number five is now again it's not a specifically animated movie but it's got animation in it and it's supercalifragilisticexpialidocious with uh mary poppins i think it's it's dick van dyke there's that guy is just i mean le- i don't even think legend is the big enough word for someone like dick van dyke the fact that he's still around and the stuff that he did Obviously, we'll, we won't talk about the um, the accent. We're not. We won't worry about that. <laughs> but his just physicality and the way that he dances is just unbelievable. And it's just, it's a classic Disney movie because it is one of those things that sticks in your head. Yeah. And it's a it's a crazy yeah. word, but everybody knows it. I my, know, like, spelling um, my, it, but my number four is um, Mary Poppins, but uh, okay. not that song. But okay, um, Stan Laurel before he died, said that Dick Van Dyke was the only former that he admired, that he thought was close to him in terms of uh, physicality and in terms of being an entertainer that that made everybody laugh, that had this mm. innocence about it. But 
um, have you seen Saving Mr. Banks as well? The, yes, yeah, yes. Uh, the, the, the bit in that, where I mean, which I think is again is a wonderful film where they ex- explain because she was quite the curmudgeon, the, the mm. woman who wrote Mary Poppins. But that's it's a brilliant scene when they're, they're she says, I, I, I'm not having any stupid words, and he and they surreptitiously shove the music to supercalifragilistic <laughs> off the piano. It's like, it's but it's a great, it's uh, you know, we'll and he was the Mary bank Poppins manager, well. Dick Van Dyke was the bank manager, wasn't he? He was, he was. It, indeed, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, we would, yeah, we'll talk more about that, in, okay, in, for my number four, basically. absolutely, that's no problem. And as we, we're going for it now, so your number four, please, Kevin. Well, I, I, I think. I think Mary Poppins would be in my top ten list of all, or never mind Disney films of of, of all, all time, time films. It's it's one of those films that you can see over and over again and pick out something new. So I, I knew I had to have a Mary Poppins song. This was probably the one that caused me the most. I won't say distress because it was actually a pleasant experience, but the most time and the most crossing out. Uh, and I. I I was going to have um, the life I lead the George Banks song when he explains about his his regimented life and I also loved the suffragette song I I got it I was going to have supercalifragilistic I was going to have all of that I got it down to two I got it down to feed the birds which is a beautiful song but in the end and and this my wife was part of this discussion. Right, and there were dark hints that she would leave me if 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 I didn't go. <laughs> I, I had to go step in time. In the step end, in time, I had yeah. to. Um, it's, it's just, I mean, health and safety wouldn't let you do it now. I imagine no. harnesses or well, but it's just, it just sort of comes out of the way it builds out of nowhere. In a similar way, my number one has got a similar vibe to it, but. It's just again, you can't help but get swept up, and the, the choreography again. Because my uh, my wife's background was dance when she was younger, before she got into theatre. And uh, again, as a younger man, as a younger firebrand left wing comedian, the, I, I, I was quite into ballet. But the idea of dancing, and she took me to see the the all male Swan Lake, and I, now I love watching. I can't dance. I'm not musical, which is that's the other irony about this top ten. So I haven't got a musical bone in my body, but. I'd love watching dance numbers, big dance numbers. I just say, and and this is the epitome of the big, the big dance number. I mean, there's a similar one that he does in in um, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, the old bamboo. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's got a similar vibe. But the step in time is just. I mean, there's a there's a, the number that the lamplighters do in the, in Mary Poppins Returns, which is clearly an homage to Step in Time, is also great. But Step in Time is just fantastic. When you're watching professional people do things that you can't do. You can either go, oh, I can't do that, so I'm going to turn off, or you can just go, Oh my God, look That's at that! That's amazing. Yeah, That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And you think the choreography that went into it, uh, yeah, even the choreography in some of the animated scenes as well with the penguins is brilliant. But just the chimney sweep, yeah. And, and of course, in reality, if you know, the younger me would have gone, chimney sweeps were just exploited. Shocking! This is terrible. <laughs> they wouldn't have. They wouldn't have had the energy to dance like that on a roof. You know, yeah. But you just yeah. go. Uh, it's one of those songs you could just go. Oh, oh, that could be five minutes longer, easily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or, yeah. or now, what I do now is I watch it. It's it takes me three hours to watch Mary Poppins because I'll just rewind a bit. And Step in Time is one of those things you just go. I'll just rewind that. I can watch that again. Yeah, yeah. And, and for a film, it, it, the yeah. film that's made in 1964. Yeah, 
and and it is I, I can understand people who go well it's soft it's it, but it's it's a great film it, it 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 ends how it should do again they take the, the you know the, the David Tomlinson he he just so happened to look he looked like my best mate's dad as well which as a kid with no idea that you're ever going to be in showbiz that's the closest you get to Hollywood. Is like when a character in the film looks like your best mate's dad. So that, <laughs> that predisposed me to like it. But the way that he, that they treat those, they take those characters as seriously as though it was a Hollywood feature film or as though it was a Shakespeare play. This proper characterization. And you feel for the man. You feel for mm-hmm. this, this man who's, a, who's who thinks he's in control of everything. He's part of the British Empire, but he's not in control of his own, his own house. No. You know, his own wife has political views that he disagrees with. His staff keep leaving him. You go, and you know, you, you kind of go. Well, of course they do. He doesn't pay them enough, but he's, and then his kids are unruly. They're always being brought back by kindly coppers, and then this nanny just blows blows his. It's just brilliant. It's a it's a fantastic film, and they all treat it properly. And again, we mentioned this before. That's the secret of making these films perfect. Mm. Is is you you don't you don't go right. It's a kids' film. We don't have to take it seriously. You you do it you do it properly you give it the full hundred percent commitment it deserves and you're dealing with a brilliant script brilliant lyrics brilliant, you know the best you know Disney attracted the best people the most talented people in the world to his studios mm. and they're giving the, the the cast this brilliant these brilliant tools to work with and the cast just go this is great this is fantastic well let's let's do it and it's it's I, it, it could have been any song from that film to be perfectly honest but I think. Step in time has to be the one in the end. I think. Great, interesting, brilliant, great one. Um, so Neil, your number four was Under the Sea. It was uh, my number four. Now I can take, give or take this movie. Uh, so I'm going just by the song. So I'm gonna, and it was a phenomenon. So I'm gonna go for Let It Go. Yeah, from Frozen. As a song, as just a piece of music, I don't. It's it's Adina Menzel. I think it was who sang it. Just so, amazing. It? And it's got one of the greatest choruses I think ever um, for a song, and it's just I can remember my, my kids, my, my grandkids more. I think absolutely adored this movie, and it was like constant loop, constantly. And I think that's probably why I've distanced myself from the movie so much. I can just take or leave it. I've, I've never watched Frozen two, so I don't know what it's about or what the mu- music's about. But there are some great songs in Frozen, but this one I think just sets it apart because, like you said earlier on, Kevin, this move, this song works whether you've seen the, yeah. the movie or not. It's well, just a you know, great the, song. The, the the funny thing about this song is that the, when you see the lyrics on their own, they they don't particularly add up to much. But no, with the music and there's that lovely little piano. Tri- I don't know what you, as I said, I'm not musical. I don't know how you describe it. There's like a little piano trill. I think she, I think it's called the, the plinky bit. I think the plinky that's bit. That's it. The plinky <laughs> bit. The yeah, that's Mozart. The Mozart, Mozart had a lot of Mozart. was great in the plinky bits. <laughs> yes. But but that's and again, it's one of those little bits of music. It just sort of makes your tummy turn over a little bit. But what what I love about Let It Go is that so many middle aged men. Probably know Frozen better than any other film yes. in the world because of mm. the age of their kids. And watching middle-aged men trying to hit the high note when, oh. they, when they sing it, it's just one of the funniest things <laughs> you'll ever see. It's just like they will join in, they'll try and sing it, and they just can't get there. But it's it, it was on my it was on my long list. I have to say it was it's um, and again obviously any film that's got snow in it in winter I'm I'm going to love. But it, and also I think it is I think it's really important it's the first film with. Like two heroines, really, yes. and the, yeah. the, the the male 
you know, as a bit of a wrong and basically. So culturally, they got that they got that right, and it's it's no surprise that it was a, such a phenomenon for the for children of that age. And, and it's the one film that people will say seem to touch a chord with with uh, you know, sort of five to ten year olds mm. when it came out. It's I, and I don't know what it is about that film that 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 does it. But even now, I was on the tube the other day, and there was a a, a, a family, and, and both the girls had their frozen dresses on, mm. you know. And, and again, you just can't help smiling at it as well. You just go, you know. And if if you worked on that film, if you made that film, you and you were on that tube, you'd go, yeah, job done. That's yeah, we did, yeah. we made, we did something good there, you know. Absolutely. And that, the, the song itself reminds me of going back to the the big songs that we've spoken about in earlier animations. It, to me, it was yeah, a return yeah. in that sort of song, a return to their former glory days of those songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I think that's a really good point. And, and also, you, if you've never seen the film or heard of the film, you wouldn't be surprised to be told, "Oh, that's an old Judy Garland song." Mm, yeah, exactly. exactly. I mean, it's yeah. got it's got the real the feel of a real. Timeless, passion, yeah, sort of yeah. diva, impassioned, timeless, uh, heartbreak song. Yeah, but, you know, a big choice to make in the film, and it, and it again, it as we said before, it, it, you don't need it the context of the film to make it a brilliant song. Exactly, completely agree. Okay, that's my number four. So, Kevin, your number three, please. Uh, my number three involves Abraham De Lacey, oh. Giuseppe Casey, <laughs> Thomas O'Malley, O'Malley the Alley Cat. Probably, as you say, your number one film changes on a daily basis. But uh, Aristocats is always in my, my top three. I love, I love cats. I love this film, and everybody wants to be a cat. Mm. It's just there are some bits in that film when when the, the the drunk bloke outside the cafe in Paris sees the two geese talking to each other and throws the rest of his wine down a drain. Yeah. It's just, it's just. Genuinely funny, uh, and and it's sort of it's got to see. You know, they made dog films and cat films, and 101 Dalmatians is a, again, I think, a great animated film. And Cruella Deville would have been if we're doing this tomorrow night. Cruella Deville probably would have been definitely in the top three. But yeah. everybody wants to be a cat because again, the Duchess is such a beautiful creature. You've got these two villains that are actually quite scary. They're again inept in that classic. Disney way, but I, I don't think there's a cooler character. In, yeah, Robin Hood is cool, but Abraham De Lacey, Giuseppe Casey. I mean, these yeah. are cool. He's the I'm mad. who would not want to be that that yeah. cat? And the, the the relationship between the the posh the Duchess and and Abraham De Lacey, Giuseppe Casey is just he just moves. The animation is fantastic because he he you know. And obviously they don't they're not real life cats. You don't you're not seeing a great big cat arsehole waddling away from you. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're, they're not looking you in that arrogant way that, that makes me yeah. love cat. But just the way he moves, the the swagger of that cat is fantastic. And when he introduces him to the 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 sort of low life world of the alley cat, and 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 when the kittens just get so wrapped up and they just think this is the best thing that's ever happened to them, that they end up with his really skanky alley cats playing this i'm not the world's greatest jazz fan but that sort of jazz music is just it's just brilliant you know the yeah. way they play the piano and the double bass it's it, it, it's that word again it's you know joyful it's just it's just a brilliant and that was the one as a, as a kid watching disney time on tv that was the one i used to pray as to please let it be 
that scene from the Aristocats. Please let it be that scene from the Aristocats. And it's just, you you can't, it's, it's one of those, you just kick your shoes off and start well, mm-hmm. jumping up and down. It's, 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 it's one. And also you think it must have been, I mean, it's, it's backbreaking work doing the actual animation. We know, we know that, but actually recording that soundtrack, you just imagine they would have had a lot of fun. Oh yeah, doing that. Yeah, you know, and it's it's just, but I just I just love the you know of course, working class cat life I imagine is very different <laughs> uh, now. But you know, yeah, but yeah. It, it seems, yeah. then it seems like it it seems like fun. I, I think part is I do adore cats. I mean, I I I, I like dogs. I do like dogs, but I yeah you know, I I adore cats. Uh, but that film. Yes, I just love saying Abraham de Lucy, <laughs> Thomas. You can't again. It just puts a smile on your face, and it's it's it, gives you that swagger. It it, yeah. it 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 does. Do you know? What? I remember mm-hmm. taking when we took my son. He's about eight to Euro Disney. Uh, it's like uh, he and I. But my wife loves. She loves uh, roller coasters. The, the the and me and my son like the teacups were a little bit too much for for me and my son. But it, we went to see all the shows, and it's just like. The Imagineer, the, what a job that is to be an Imagineer. Oh, yeah. yeah and, and the live show that they do, just fantastic. And watching it with my son, who's now a creative performer himself, but I just remember at the time, it's just fantastic. It just takes you to a different to a different place. And 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 this film, yeah, it reminds me of a particular time in my childhood, but it, it, it's, it's, it's great. The Aristocats is always going to be in my top three. Yeah, Disney film. Yeah. I was I was late to the party with that one. I didn't well, see yeah, it till yeah. I was an adult. Bizarrely, I don't know why what happened, but yeah. And it is a straight away. You watch it and you think you're almost reverted back to being a youngster again and seeing these yeah. cartoons for the first time. And that's yeah, yeah. some of the magic we forget. You know, if you haven't seen these films until you're an adult, to me, I was straight back and in awe of just thinking, wow, wow. Mm. Yes, yeah, I remember movie. seeing a double feature at the local summer oh, with a movie called The London Connection. Oh wow! I've never seen it, never heard of it before, and all since. But it was a double, and I can remember because my gramp was asleep, and we ended up watching <laughs> half of London Connection, all of um, uh, Aris the Cats, and then all of the London Connection again because my gramp was just asleep. We just stayed <laughs> in the cinema. <laughs> yeah, we just stayed there for like four well, hours I, or something stupid. Was that a Disney film? Uh, yeah, I think it was, was it? the London well, Connection. Well, yeah. that's really interesting because, like, uh, researching for this and trying to make sure I had dates right and that which came before what, I came across a Disney film I'd never heard of, even though it's set in the village in Ireland that my mum was from. It's called the the Fighting Prince of Donegal, oh, right. which, is, which is about Irish resistance to the English in in the, the late fifteen nineties. Which is like, if I had heard of it as a kid, it totally. Uh, gone out, but there were so many films on this list of Disney films that had either passed me by or I wasn't interested in because they were live action versions. Because mm. you know, as, as a kid, you, you just wanted the cartoons, really. You, you did. Didn't, you didn't they, even really want the Love Bug and stuff like that. You didn't. You certainly didn't want, as we mentioned before, the the Lost Coyote trying to find his his yeah. his mate in Canada. You just wanted the cartoons. But they did. I've just had a look on IMDb. They did. They did. Yeah. Nineteen seventy nine. It was okay. Was it? And for some, for some reason, oh, the the picture which is sliding across, it's got a picture of the London Connection, and then slides across to a picture of the Aristocats. Oh, that's strange. 
So it must have been a thing that was just, it was a a proper double bill, but it was a Walt Disney movie. Jeffrey Byron, Larry Cedar, Roy Kinnear was in it. Was he? Lee Montague, David Kossoff, Frank Windsor, Nigel Davenport. Frank Windsor. Mm. Yeah. So. You got your money's worth in the cinema in those days. I think absolutely. Oh, yeah. You just stay there all day if you wanted to. Yeah. No one ever ever checked. Um, Okay, then, Neil, you're number three, please. So it's from the Jungle Book. It's the old classic Bear Necessities. Ah, that's my number two. Yeah, I had to put it in there because it is, to me, one of the most definitive Disney songs out there. I I don't know anybody alive that doesn't know this song. It's got that sort of... um, that sort of history to it, hasn't it? But it's a great song. Did we get the name of the... I can't remember his name. Phil. We should have looked it up, shouldn't we? Phil Harris. Phil Phil Harris. Harris. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Phil Harris. He also sang... Thomas Delaney, years yeah, the case. Oh, did, was that him as well? Yeah, that was him as well. Yeah. Oh, wow. okay. There you go. But you couldn't imagine anybody else's voice being Baloo now, could you? You really couldn't. No, Bill Murray had a good go at the, yeah, the, the, live, the live action yeah. one. Yeah. But it still wasn't, go, but it still wasn't the same. It still wasn't the same. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, I've uh, broken so the live action at my mind. Um, my wife gets really cross with the, the, the film because she wants, she wants Mowgli to stay with the animals and not not go back to <laughs> civilization. She's really, really cross about it. But uh, the bareness is it's just, I can hear it in the background. There's mm. something about the beat. The words are so clever. Uh, again, it's so much of its time. It's kind of like a hippie rebel, stick it to the man type song. You know what I mean? But it just prickly poor. It's, it's just the lyrics are just, mm. and you can't imagine anybody, like you say, you can't imagine anybody else's voice. And also, I don't think, as you say, I don't think there's a, an adult alive that can't make a stab at some of the lyrics. You might get them wrong, but you'll, yeah. you'll you, you, I, I guarantee that if I'm in, a, in the Paulson's arms before the Palace game, and I stood on the table and started singing the bare necessities, <laughs> yeah. they, they would all join. They would join in. Absolutely. If you, ju- if you just went, if you in. just went, look for the, well, the and, and then, then everybody go bare necessities. But even the simple, I remember seeing it as a kid. I, you don't get the simple pun on bear and bear. No, no, yeah, but also he's just such a wonderfully drawn cartoon when he's scratching his back on the tree and when um that looks so is satisfying doesn't it? Is it doesn't it just oh, and, and the fact that bag is it bagheera isn't it the panther who just yeah. disapproves yeah. who really disapproves of, of their new and, friendship and the, yeah <laughs> and, and the bit where the snake nearly gets him hypnotized and he gets but it's it's what a brilliant character and and i i i, I would guess a lot of people listen to this the jungle book would be in there most a lot of people would have it as number one i would say yeah, oh, yeah. for sure Certainly yeah for sure in their top three and it, even the elephants on Colonel Huffy, the the, it's just such a. As I say, because this is one of the films I definitely remember seeing in the cinema. There's a lot of the others I think I probably caught up with when I was a bit older on on TV, but I remember thinking as a kid because there's huge cinema screen, and you almost imagine the, the the ground shaking as the elephants. And again, I, I love characters mm. like Captain Manry. I love characters that think they're clever and in control. Yeah. And they're a bit pompous, like Colonel Huff, and they're not really. He's this is kind of the elephants that they, they don't care. They don't. He thinks he's got them all in this disciplined troop of soldiers, and he haven't. I, and I love characters like that, and he's he's a perfect example. But there's not there's not a weak bit in 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 that film no. until I, lo- I love the bit with the crows, the Beatles. Oh, no, so, yes. and it's so obviously the Beatles as well. Yeah. Which is like, yeah. Again, it's uh, it's it's again the music is so of its time as well. But mm. it's just, 
there's just a sort of wild abandon to it as well in a, in a way mm. there's nothing restrained about it it's just i say of its time it's just like it's the colors are so bright the songs are big it's it's it's, it's a beautiful film and so it's a good it's, introduction again for kids to read the book uh, abs- uh, yeah, absolutely yeah because yeah. it is very close to the story yeah. isn't yeah, it yeah. so yeah okay so that's your number three then neil mine number three um this is from my favorite it was number one when we did disney uh animated movies neil uh from encanto which is a a relative new one um i could have done every song from the encanto soundtrack because every single song is fantastic you've got the we don't talk about bruno which was like just another phenomenon sort of like let it go but i'm going for surface pressure which was the song, I can't remember, I'm, I'm terrible with the names of the characters of the movie, but this is the one where it's the, the woman who's really strong, but she's carrying the whole whole of family on her back and all the worries and everything, and she's starting to lose her strength. But it's got a great groove. Lin-Manuel Miranda again, I just everything he does. <laughs> yeah, it, I, just, I wish I had a pain for every time on this podcast <laughs> I said Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> so do I. God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean... I could really have chosen any song from that Encanto soundtrack. I don't know, Kev, have you seen Encanto? I, I don't. I, the only, to be honest, it completely passed me by until I saw recently they're doing a live version of that as well. <gasps> they're not, are they? Yeah, it's working on the live version oh, of that. But shit. Is, is that the South American based one? Is that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I, yeah. It's, um, again, I think it's probably a sign of my age because I haven't got. A grand, it's a great source of tension in my house. So just have a just have a child. I'll look after it. Yeah. Um, so I, I've missed some of the later ones, but uh, I will. I mean, your enthusiasm for it. So I, I was very. It, it was really. it was a COVID thing. The same as uh, I got into okay. into Hamilton. I I I I saw a trailer for it, and I thought, well, that looks like normal, you, you yeah. know, a Disney later Disney kind of stuff. And then I sat and watched it with my grandson, and cried nearly all the way through it it was well, like really? there is there are certain songs in it that just get you and i'm getting jokes <laughs> i don't know what it is about that fucking bloke <laughs> I, honestly love i think I, I don't know what yeah. it is but it really genuinely there's there's something deep inside that i get this visceral feeling every time i listen to songs of his and there I, are I, if it's any consolation i feel the same when i look at ben wishaw like, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm very, okay. I'm very secure in my in my heterosexuality. But uh, there, are, there is time in that Mary Poppins film, and there are times when you go, "Oh my god, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to hug this man." Yeah, so in, <laughs> yeah. I, I will watch Encounter, but I need to know it's got a happy ending because I've reached the stage. It in has. My life. It's got a very happy oh, ending. Yeah, fine, yeah. yeah. My wife and I, we we agree on most things, but at the end of La La Land was, I was so furious. Right. Yeah. I yeah, was yeah. so furious they didn't get together. Where, and my wife explained to me that it was no, it's important that they didn't get to go. He said, oh, no, fuck that. I want a happy ending. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't, I'm not, I don't care about modern relationship dynamics and whether they're happy with the other people. I want yeah. them to be with a the person they should be with. So, the one right. thing about Encanto, which was refreshing, is there isn't really a baddie. There, there isn't a, like, you oh, know, okay. like, like the usual kind of that somebody that you think, oh, they're definitely the moustache mm. twizzling sort of, ha I'm a baddie kind of person. So it's really interesting. And it's all about family. And I think it just, it, it's, it's a beautiful story. It really is. And it's just got some fantastic music and, and I would thoroughly recommend it to anybody. Um, okay. 
Kevin, your number two was Bear Necessities from Jungle yes. Book. Neil, your number two was Friend Like Me from Aladdin. Uh, my number two, and guess what? It's a song from Lim <laughs> <laughs> from Moana, uh, and it's called We Know the Way. Now, actually, he sings part of this song as well, and this is, this is um, I'm not going to say much about it. Go and watch Mo- Moana as well if you haven't seen it, because it's a, just a great, great song. Thing. I'm just I'm getting bored with talking about Lin Manuel Miranda, so I'm going to stop myself. But go and listen to it; it's great. Great I must song. Watch it. I think it's one of the only Disney ones that I've not seen now. What Moana? It's, yeah, I don't know why I've never seen it. This is a no. problem because there are Especially- again there are two or three songs that I would class in the same thing as um, Let It Go, mm. and I just didn't want to fill my top ten up with just you know all these songs by Lin Manuel Miranda because it just gets boring. Yeah. As much as I love it, I love him. I know I love him, so I don't need to put him in every, all the things as the top ten. I, I'm surprised my daughter hasn't come around demanding that I watch it, seeing that she still <laughs> loves Disney now. So it's just when you maybe. see all these boats on the on the water, and it's all their ancestors, and it again, it's that thing that just gets you deep in the heart and just mm. fills you full of emotion. So. Uh, Disney maybe. doing its job. Disney yeah, exactly. Maybe your daughter's worried that you'll get her dancing around the garden before sneaking her into a bath again. <laughs> <laughs> I think some questions might be asked to her being 20 years. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Okay, before we actually announce what our top of the charts are, uh, Kevin, if you want to give us a rundown of yours from 10 to 2, Neil will do the same and then I'll do the same. Yes, my number 10 was Hi Ho uh, from Snow White. Um Number nine was the wonderful thing about Tigger from Winnie the Pooh in the Blustery Day. Number eight was from the Muppet Treasure Island, and it was Shiver Me Timbers. At number seven, Ooh Delali from Robin Hood. At number six, Evermore, um, the Beast's uh, aria, if you like, from the human remake of Beauty and the Beast. At number five, it was Scrooge's song from Muppet Christmas Carol. Number four, after a lot of head scratching, it was Step in Time from Mary Poppins. Number three was Everybody Wants to Be a Cat from the Aristocats, which on a different day could have been number one. Number two is Bare Necessities from The Jungle Book. Lovely. Neil? So at number 10, I had He's a Trump from Lady and the Trump. At number nine, Following the Leader from Peter Pan. At number eight, Give a Little Whistle, Pinocchio. At number seven, The Wonderful Thing About Tiggers. From Winnie the Pooh and the Blustery Day. At number six, Akuna Matata from Lion King. <clears throat> number five, Be Our Guest, Beauty and the Beast. At number four, Under the Sea, Little Mermaid. Number three, The Bare Necessities, Jungle Book. And number two, Friend Like Me, Aladdin. And mine is number 10, Be Our Guest, Beauty and the Beast. Nine, He Lives in You, The Lion King 2. Eight, Under the Sea, The Little Mermaid. Seven, Friend Like Me, Aladdin. Six, Shiny from Moana. Five, Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Mary Poppins. Four, Let It Go, Frozen. Three, Surface Pressure, Encanto. And two, We Know the Way, by Mo- well, from Moana, by Lin-Manuel Miranda. I'll say it again, ding to the pound. Kevin, what is your number one Disney animated song? My number one Disney animated song is from a film, again, I think it's an underrated one. I I can sometimes understand why, but it's a film that's about books and it's about London. Um, So it's two reasons why I love it, two of my obsessions. The film is Bedknobs and Broomsticks and the song is Portobello Road, which is a brilliant song 
in itself, it's a lovely portobello road, place where the riches of ages and so on, and it and it explores the market, but then it turns into the most unnecessary but brilliant dance number on the, the streets of Portobello Road and the alleyways, where you have first of all he's approached by uh, clearly two two ladies of the night and starts dancing <laughs> with their but then you've got sailors, you have soldiers, soldiers. It's this brilliant bit where where four Sikh soldiers come in and there's Indian style music. You've got Scots Highlanders dancing. You've got steel drums, and it goes on for about eight minutes. It's just this huge melange of dance styles and ballet and all sorts of stuff. Everyone gets caught. The choreography of it is is fantastic, and it just I, I can't, it, it probably a, a musician would probably tell you that it's only an average song, an average piece of music, but, and it's a strange film because any, any film that tries to sort of encompass uh, a cartoon football match in a jungle with a mad lion referee and using magic to fight off the Nazis on a beach in Kent is, is, is biting off a lot. And, and sometimes Bruce Forsyth. And Bruce Forsyth. As a, <laughs> yeah. as a, actually, Bruce Forsyth is a surprisingly villainous villain. Yeah, he does, actually. yeah. But it, it's a film that's in love with books and magic. And again, David Tomlinson is in it. It's about Angela Lansbury, who's just the, the best yeah. all-round song and dance film. But this musical number is just fantastic. And it's the fact that, so, well, it's early 70s, but it's the fact that it encompasses all sorts of cultures. And it, the fact that this, because as I say, I'm really proud of being a Londoner. If, if I could put uh, nationality on my passport as Londoner, I'd be very happy. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm very, uh, you know, and I also, because I'm a proud Londoner, I understand why people are so proud of their cities as well. I understand being a proud Londoner means I don't dismiss other places. It means I understand why people from Liverpool or Bristol or Leeds love their cities as well, in the same way I don't understand why being a, a, a proud Englishman or a proud Brit means you have to hate everybody else rather than acknowledging that those people love their countries as well. I never understood exactly. that. Yeah, never yeah, understood yeah. that. But but this film, just for me, what's, I remember as a kid thinking, oh, it's about London, it's about books. But that, that particular dance number, and again, I don't know if I had to write down an explanation of why I love it. I probably couldn't do it, but it's just, I come back to it every time. It's just like you say, with Lin-Man, you know, it, it just gets you. It just, some mm. voices, some things just get you. And I, I just, I will watch the film and deliberately not fast forward because I just want the anticipation of getting, getting to that number. You know? yeah, and yeah. As, as a kid, I was an only child. I was absorbed in books. I used to drive my mum up the wall. My mum was a little working class Irish woman who didn't understand why I wasn't out climbing trees and fighting people. And it's like, Mum, I've just I've just got a new Just William book. I need to find out what happens <laughs> with him and with him and the tramp. You know what I mean? Or there's yeah. a new Rosemary Sutton. It's like I saw I I was full of imagination and bed knobs and broomsticks is like, who wouldn't want a bed that magically took you around the world, took you under the sea and then and took you to this I mean the the football match is just genius. Oh, Anima- yeah. just genius animation. It is. It, it is. It's just. It's just fantastic. So With the the mad line and David Tomlinson trying to referee it, but but that's that that song and it is a great standalone song. But that dance number for me is just. It, it's filmmaking at its best. It's music at its best. It's Disney at its best. And I, I understand that it's not a film that many people would have at the top of their. Their list, I, I will, you know, I, I understand that a film critic might tell me why it's not a brilliant film. That doesn't matter, and none no. of that matters because to me, 
it's just a wonderful piece of work and it it never fails it, it, yeah there are certain pieces of classical music that but this film and that particular song it never fails to put me in a good bit if i'm if i'm distressed if i'm upset i'll go to that mm-hmm. basically and and i i think it's i don't think it's i just think it's brilliant yeah. I, it's uh, again it's one of those things you can just watch it over and over and over again it's wonderful and when the little when the the little girl played by Michelle Dutrice who ends up married to Frank Spencer later on in Some Mothers Do Have Them. When she there's a brilliant bit where she tries to copy the Sikh soldiers dancing and she she can't do it. And in a lesser film, it would look like she's uh, uh taking the piss out of them, mm. but she's not. She's paying tribute to the fact that these these Sikh dancers are doing these really complicated hand and leg movements. And it's it's just for its time, it's a really unusual celebration of different cultures yeah and it's yeah. coming from walt disney it's just for me it's it's i i, I kind of worked backwards from this song when we decided this was the top 10 we were doing it this would always be nothing mm. would ever knock that out from from number one there was always going to be an argument about two to ten but that was yeah. always going to be number one always. that was cemented in yeah, yeah great, great one choice. great one go on then neil what's your number one so mine has been mentioned already, and it is Oda Lally from Robin Hood. No, really? Yeah, it's my number one song. Um, really? I mean, you summed it up beautifully, Kevin, on, on the um, exactly what was... I, I answered to both, by the way. I prefer Kevin, but you... Oh, no, I like, I, 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 I like, like the fact you call me, you've been calling me Kev Kevin. I quite like it. I'm Kev like, Kevin. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I always forget because I've just been speaking to somebody very recently who doesn't like being called Kevin. He just wants to be called Kev. So okay. I'm trying not to get the two confused. All right, well, my, my problem is, I will answer to both. My problem is, uh, at school, I was middle Kev because there was a big Kev and a little Kev. Oh, uh, yeah. See, if I'd been big Kev, I'd be I'd be happy with the with with the Kev. But I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm happy with both. I mean, in the seventies, quite unusually, with a name like Neil, there was another one in my classroom. So oh, I was really? always, yeah, I was always known as Neil G. And I said, why is it me that's got to be called Neil G? <laughs> why can't he have Neil whatever his surname? Yeah, is? I'm 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 really I'm really surprised, but also really delighted that this is your number one song. Yeah, yeah. So you, you summed it up very well, and also, I mean, I'm. A big fan of Roger Miller's soundtrack from the, yeah. the the thing anyway, and it's the film that I put on in the background to just listen to. I love the movie for some reason. It's probably up there as my favourite Disney movie. Oh wow! Um, I really do love the film. And um, the other fact is, I've got a playlist which people know about me. Is if I really like a song, it goes on my playlist, and that's what I listen to in the car or whatever when I'm travelling. It's the only Disney song I've got in my playlist is Oh, oh okay. and I love it. I love it when it comes on, and surprisingly when I'm in a car with people that don't quite realise that I've got songs like that or that song on my playlist the amount of people that say oh man I love that song really? and not realise that yeah, you know yeah, and you yeah. say no it's from Robin Hood oh yeah but it also reminds me of another musical that I was very fond of and I'm still very fond of and it's Bugsy Malone yeah. and the sort of music that was in that you know the, the characters the actors that are playing the lead roles really aren't singing a lot of the songs in there it's Roger Miller doing them all and it's the same with Bugsy Malone and I really like that and I really like the sort yeah. of music that it is yeah I just think it's a lovely a little ditty isn't it it's because it's yeah, so yeah, yeah. short yeah, it yeah. really is such a short song but it, there's also a kind of ironically considering who it's written by there's also a sort of it, it feels like a little. It, it feels like it could have been based on an English folk song, mm. if you know what I mean. It feels well, like it could have some historical connection. It's straight from the movie, it. isn't it? The minstrel, yeah, yeah. the cockerel that's the minstrel is playing which, a lot of this. Uh, of yeah, of course, Alan Adele, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So yeah, mm. I'm I'm a big fan of that movie, oh, and brilliant. a lot of people question me why, but I just say watch it and see. It's yeah. just magical. Yeah. Well, also screw you. It's my yeah. It's my yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Your yeah. top tens and yeah, they're yeah. not wrong. They're not wrong at all. Yeah. Um, okay, my number one. I'm going back to the Lion King, but I'm going to go for the the pop version, not a pop version, but not the singing by the people in the song. I'm going for Can You Feel the Love Tonight by Elton John. Now, obviously, Elton John, just as we're recording this, just finished his final um, Uh, tour of his, like, 330-date tour. Um, We've actually got top 10 Elton John songs coming up uh, in the next few weeks. So if this isn't your number one, I'll be asking why. (laughs) I mean, we're going in the context of Disney songs, aren't we? I mean, it'll probably be in the top 10, but... Can I I make a terrible admission here? I always... My wife, uh, who's very musical, is a brilliant singer and, and a very accomplished musician as my son is has always loved Elton John and I've always been a little sniffy about oh there's a couple of songs like Tiny Dancer Rocket Man I always really like but I was kind of thought well he's a poor man's David Bowie to my to my shame but having seen him at Glastonbury mm. which I, I and I, I watched it I wouldn't say I watched it reluctantly but I, I, I probably wouldn't have done if I'd been on my own but I just thought he was fantastic and yeah. having watched him there I've actually gone back and listened to Elton John stuff before, and I I was wrong. I was completely. Mm. I was partly coloured by the fact he once called me a very rude word because I was working on a benefit and he was on, and I opened some swing doors at this theatre and accidentally knocked him over. Oh dear! Uh, and he, <laughs> he couldn't get up. His minders were trying to turn him over like a stag beetle. And he, you know, um, Is that why he but, was limping at Glastonbury? <laughs> but I I just I've actually in that strange thing in the last two weeks. I'm catching up with Elton John and going, I've 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 missed a trick here for, mm. for forty years. Yeah, I, I what and and then there are some songs that I didn't think I didn't know Elton John wrote that. Yeah, and, and, right, to honest, yeah. I, and to be honest, I didn't know he wrote so much of the music for The Lion King because again, it was a film that passed me by a little bit. Uh, and he, he's just, I'm sure he'll be delighted to hear when he's listening to this. Finally, I've won Kevin Day over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After, after all these years. Now I can I'm, retire, now, he's saying. Now, now, now I can now, finally retire. Now, Now's the time, David. I told yeah. you I'd get him in the end. But, yeah. right. And, you know, it's what a, what a strange thing to admit a man my age. I was wrong about Elton John. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was that little shit that knocked me over on those singing <laughs> doors. I finally won him over. <laughs> Uh, right, let's just go through some honourable mentions we got uh, through the socials. At Tunney said, step in time. I think that chimney Definitely. sweeping as a profession probably declined due to all the rooftop dance-related <laughs> injuries. <laughs> um, <laughs> Carol Barwick, who gave us that lovely message at the start of the podcast, said, I love Almost There from Princess and the Frog. Corrine oh. uh, Pasta said, these are some of my faves, The Bare Necessities. Under the Sea and Be Our Guest. Mm. At, at Mr. Peevely said, give a little whistle. Uh, Dickie Jones and Cliff Edwards. Rick Tyndall said, so many zippity doodah, Song of the South. Yeah. Bare Necessities, Jungle Book, Feed the Birds, Tuppence a Bag, Mary Poppins and Circle of Life, Lion Good. King. Uh, at Mike Price in LA, Feed the Birds, Everything Else is Tied for Tenth. Karen Clark <laughs> said, <laughs> Feed the Birds, Chim Chimmery, We Dig, Dig, Dig. Maria Feltham said Hakuna Matata, Lion King, love it. Tim Wainwright, part of uh, That World, Little Mermaid, amazing song, brilliant vocals. Denise Martin, I'm the king of the swingers, Jungle VIP. I think she's quoting a song. 
Yeah. Or she might just be, <laughs> well, she might yeah. just be boasting there. <laughs> she might just be boasting. Uh, Jen Burke said, "On the front porch, a Sherman Brothers song from a movie nobody remembers. It's absolutely darling." Oh, what film I, do we know? Well, I just had a look. I think it says it says it's from Summer Magic. Okay. I don't know what I don't know what that is. But Chim Chimney, that's oh yeah, that that Chim oh, Chimney's yeah, another great one. And Laura yeah, Bourne yeah. said everybody wants to be a cat from the yeah, Aristocats. Yeah, Underrated. Yeah. Uh at the good and the bad and the Dugly, in no particular order, <laughs> I'm still here from Treasure Planet. Everybody wants to be oh. a cat, bare necessities, you're welcome, Cruella Deville, Udalali, just can't wow. wait to be king, strangers like me and Gaston. Uh Maria Very Pereira good, yeah. says, uh, remember me from Coco, O'Malley the Alley Cat. I want to be like you. And Kelly Joe Lovesey said, can I have three? Can you feel the love tonight? Especially the full Elton John version. Oogie Boogie song, Nightmare Before Christmas. And more recently, Into the Unknown, Frozen 2. Mm. So there Fantastic you go. Choice. We've I'm, done I'm quite, it. I thought I thought I was going to be the only one that had Udalelli. There you uh, go. Now no, I thought I was going to be an exclusive club. Now not only is it is it Neil, it's it's listeners as well. So I'm yeah. really pleased. It's, it's, isn't it great when you have uh, people who engage with your podcast in that way as well, who get involved and and are enthusiastic and share their their choices with you? It's we're great. very That's we're very lucky on that kind yeah, of thing because really I'd always are. I always yeah. throw it out there thinking, well, no one's going to send me a message back and we always we always get loads of great 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 replies it's great great to hear what people's choices a lot of the time you'll also get one where you think shit that should have been in my top 10 I completely (laughs) forgot about that one Um, uh, so before we say our goodbyes Kevin uh, what have you got going on Um, obviously the podcast I was listening to a couple of episodes uh, during the week and um, it's it's weird how I mean I love football but the the minutia of, of the business behind it Part of it really frustrates me, and part of it is fascinating. So, what well, made you start that podcast? It, it, we both agree it's been bafflingly successful. Um, to, to be honest, the reason we started it is this, this producer from Five Live got in touch and and said, "I'm thinking about doing a podcast about football finance." I went, "Well, good luck with that. Let me know how it goes." <laughs> uh, and he said, "I'd I'd like you to host it." I said, "Look, mate, I know nothing about finance, and legendarily." I know nothing about money, which is true. And yes. I'm just irresponsible. I'm not good with it. And he said, well, I've heard you talk about that. So I think you'd be ideal for it. Because we, he, he, the phrase he used was useful idiot, basically. And he said, I want to pair you with this guy called Kira Maguire, who's the country's leading football finance expert. Yeah. Um, if he told me at the time that Kira Maguire, country's leading football finance expert, was a Brighton fan, I wouldn't have done it. Oh right, because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm childish enough to. I wouldn't have done it, but it, it took four weeks before Kira. It, and it just, it, we just seemed to touch a chord. I think it's because our first week was the week when Berry was going bankrupt. Yeah, and Kieran was able to throw some light. I, I just think what it is, it, it just reflects uh, a disconnect between the vast majority of football fans. And the vast majority of the way football is presented to us, it's like most football fans, like Neil, you're a Spurs fan. I don't know who you support. Uh, Liverpool. You're a Liverpool fan. Yeah. So, you know, both successful clubs in different, in different. you know, Kieran always says that Spurs, as a business, are the most successful club probably in the, in the Premier League. Yeah. But I think it, it just, our pod indicates that football fans are football fans for different reasons, that most of us are hopeless romantics, most of us love the history of our club. They love the kit. They love the players. And they're terrified of the fact that, that money is taking that away from us, in yeah. a way. And also our pod, 
we, we're as likely to talk about a Scottish third division team as we are to talk about Manchester United. But it, both of us have been baffled by how successful it is and how, you know, we had we had an interview with James Brown today, the ex-editor of Loaded. We've got the the leading uh, uh, policeman, I can't remember his name, his chief constable, someone who's coming on to talk to us about. We've had politicians, we've had all sorts of people, but it, it's fun to do. It's also depressing. But the book of the pod is coming out on the 12th of October, which is, oh, right. uh, it's, um, it's called Unfit and Improper Persons. Uh, and it's an idiot's guide to running a football club, which basically we take a, we take a, a pub team into Europe essentially and examine football finance from there. I, I also, um, I'm writing a musical. Uh, which oh, really? Is, yes. Which is, as I've mentioned, I have no musical talent at all, but having seen Operation Mince Me, I've had this idea for a long time, about it as a pub in Croydon that we used to drink in that, that fought off this uh, property developer who tried to buy the pub and so they wanted to demolish it. Um, and, and I had this idea to do a musical about that, but it's loosely based on the pub we drink in before Palace. So I'm working on that at the moment with a, a producer and a, a composer, which we're hoping to, uh, well, we know we're, we're going to do it in Edinburgh this time next year, but we'll hopefully get it done before that. So uh we'll we'll take it to a town near you uh as well and i can't tell you how happy i am working i, I love doing what i do i love doing stand-up i love being on stage i love writing for i got news for you and all those things yeah but I, I, i'm so excited writing the book maybe it's my second book and i was really excited writing the book but i'm so excited writing this musical i really Fantastic. am generally excellent so enthusiastic about it and again it's also given me a reason to discover musicals I go right this is for research I'll put this ticket price down for tax reasons because <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to go to this musical and see how they structure the start of the second half right uh, and of course it's it's very but like I say it comes back to what we said right at the very start I'm so pleased that we we chose this as a subject to do because I have fallen in love with mm. with musicals but at the same time whilst realizing uh, I've fallen in love with musicals only recently in, in the later stage of my life. But also I love I must have loved them as a kid because yeah. I, I've I've looked for all these songs and all these films that essentially are musical films. And I I, I clearly didn't have the cynicism about them as a kid. I just clearly just threw myself into them mm. with gusto and and it's what I'm doing now. And I I I I, 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 I really enjoying it. Yeah, Sometimes good. it doesn't pay to grow up and be an adult, does it? You know, it. it, it, it I know it doesn't. Well, see, I'm really lucky. I'm in an industry where you are you're kind of allowed to be uh, infantilized, if you like. Yeah, you know, I'm in an industry where you can be. You know, I, I miss Barry Cryer so much because he was the biggest kid I've ever met mm. in my life. You know, and he's still the best company at the age of 83. Told the the worst jokes, but in the best possible style. And it's like we have that as a reason, but it, it, it's been really nice to talk to you too. It really has been nice to talk to you too oh, because your oh, well, thank your, you your your enthusiasm and your your energy and your lack of cynicism has been it just wonderful. I, I've really you. enjoyed it. I apologise if I've spoken too much. I, I no. did warn. I did warn no. you at the start. Genuinely. The it's longer been, and the more it goes on, it, it, it's always it's fascinating. Pleasure. It's been such a pleasure. It's been really uh, fun to do this. It really has oh. been. Well, we uh, can't wait to have you back for the Lauren Hardy top ten. I will. Yes, oh, so that, that's that's we, we will. That, that one will cause me even more 
distress than this one. <laughs> yeah. Just the earmark two weeks or so for that. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. We'll yeah, probably yeah. have to go non-silent. Let's go not silent. Let's go from yeah, but just just the yeah. talkies. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. But Before no, seriously, it's been. I I really appreciate you inviting me on. Thank you. No oh, problem. Well, and, and not that you need our help, but we'll put the link to your podcast in the show notes. So Thank if you. anybody wants Thank to you. wants yeah. to, to check it out, by all means. Um, and if I can, you you'll be sure I'll be there at the musical because I love a good musical and I've never been shy about it. No. Hey, hey good. Oh yeah. There you go. There you go. I might like. I love musicals, but if you can get Lin Manuel Miranda to do the music, <laughs> I'll be there. I'll be there. Well, like we're, a... talking, you know, we're talking to a couple of people. Eh? I'm talking to Alfie Bell and Michael Ball next week. You know, so oh, I'll there see. you go. Then I mean, they're the next Ooh. best thing. I, I'm, I'm not. Alfie Bell owes me a favour. I won't tell you. Oh, that. Right. Alfie, oh, okay. uh, we'll Alfie save Bell's, that for the Lauren Hardy Al- podcast. Yeah, Alfie Bell will be making an appearance in the musical, even if it's only on video. Trust oh, me. Right. So. <laughs> uh, but again, you know, I just I, I'm so. Uh, privileged you know I, I i never expected i still have the imposter syndrome i find myself in this world that i never expected to be in when i grew up and i'm so privileged to be part of it and i'm i i'm just determined not to get cynical about it. i'm just determined to i love being in theaters watching like i say watching yeah and performing and i just want it to to carry on so i guarantee you will be both invited to the uh that'd the, be amazing the premiere wherever it is it'll probably be in croydon but you'll That's be more fine. than welcome to come That's up fine. and see it absolutely so, uh, fantastic yeah right so before we say our proper goodbyes neil do you want to tell everybody how they can get in touch and all that gubbins <clears throat> absolutely you can find us on all the social medias give us a click give us a follow at top 10 pods do please email us with any questions you've got or any ideas for a top 10 at top 10 pods at hotmail.com you can also help come and support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash top 10 pods all sorts of rewards for up to the grabs where you can be a guest yourself check out all of our links via the link tree you find the link in the show notes and please do come and subscribe and leave us a rating review wherever you get your podcast from wonderful and remember the video playlist for your patriot all the patreoners will have every single thing we've spoken about tonight all the different songs uh and all the different videos will be up on that for all of our patreon subscribers kevin thank you so much or i should say kev kevin thank you so much <laughs> for, for spending the last uh, couple of hours with us it's been a pleasure. genuine pleasure it really has thank you no my pleasure thank you for asking me thank you yes. neil thank you so much Thank you very much, Kevin. Kevin, and thank you very much, Pav. <laughs> thank you, Pav. Yeah, I'm going to uh, take this two with me. <laughs> Every single guest we have now, that's what yeah. we have to do. Yeah, thank you very much, everybody, for listening and watching. And let's go start the countdown. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.